Get inside and lock your doors. Close your windows. There's something in the fog. Meteor ship. Some folks have a strange idea entertaining. They're dead, but they're coming right for us. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Welcome to another episode of the Spooky Picture Show, where four friends get together each month to discuss everything spooky. I'm one of your co-hosts, Kevin Ellis. And I'm Chris McGibbon. I'm Melanie Mullen. And I'm Michael Felsher. So for this episode, uh, we thought we'd do something a little different. We're not actually going to be discussing uh, movies that exist, per se. We're uh, going to be talking about some movies that we'd like to see possibly get the remake treatment. Um, and that includes movies that have already been remade because maybe they weren't remade very well. Uh, so we hope you guys are going to enjoy this one. We think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so I'm actually going to pass this off to Kevin. Why don't you throw out one yes. of your picks for a movie that you would like to see get remade? Actually, scratch that. Hold on. Let me do what? one more thing. <clears throat> so the way we're going to do this is... Uh, we're going to basically pitch the movie to each other um, and sort of discuss what we would do in a remake of this film and, and figure out if it's something that the rest of us think is kind of worthwhile. So um, Kevy, I'm going to let you tackle the first one. Why don't you go ahead and give us your idea? Well, I got one for you. All right. Toby Hooper's eaten alive. Okay. Y'all seen that? I, I, I I see. I saw it at a. There was a, a, a eight hour movie marathon at the Coolidge, and that movie was part of it. And I feel like I slept through because they played it at like four <laughs> o'clock in the morning. That's a hard movie to sleep through. A lot of people are screaming yeah. in that movie. Yes. Um, but I haven't seen it all the way through. No, I've, I've seen bits and pieces and heard the screaming in my nightmares. So I, I've I've seen it quite a few times. In fact, I produced extras for a DVD edition of it many many years ago. Have you seen it, Mel? I have not. Well, if you do watch it, watch the Arrow Blu-ray, because that's the best transfer for a movie I've ever seen. When I look it up, I see one from 1976 and another one from 1980. It's the 76. Yeah. The one with Mel Ferrer. Well, it's actually, it's Jose Ferrer. No, it's it's Mel Ferrer. Mel Ferrer. I think she's looking at the cannibal movie. He's in Eating Alive, the cannibal movie. Robert England's in this yes. one, and Kyle Richards. Yes. Yeah, and okay. Mel Ferrer. I don't oh. remember Mel Ferrer being in there. Really. Jose Ferrer's in it. I don't even know who that is. Um, I don't think Jose Ferrer is in this. Am I thinking of the wrong person? I might be. I think you're thinking of the wrong Ferrer. It's it's Mel Ferrer. No, it might be Mel Ferrer. There's a lot of Ferrers. I mean, there are. Oh, it was Mel Ferrer. Yeah, I think. Right. Up. <laughs> All right. The reason I picked this one was because back in the day when I watched it on VHS, it was a really shitty copy mm. of it. It was real dark. I couldn't tell what it was, what was really going on about it. And I didn't think anything of it until the Blu-ray came out. Then I gave it another, another chance and and I realized there was some, something there for 
a good story. It was a good story. And it needed, it just needs an upgrade bad. The special, the, the alligator prop they use is horrendous. <laughs> I mean, it's like one guy holding a rubber alligator chasing somebody. It's basically what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it needs, it, it, it needs a, it needs overhaul bad. My pit, my, my choice, I would pick Ty West and Mia Gotha star in this. Ty West directed, Mia Gotha star in it. And would you change anything in the story, or would you would you do like the Gus Van Sant treatment and just remake it exactly the way it is, but just kind of update the special effects? I, no, I, yeah, I would update the special effects. I would have one request though. Would I need the very opening dial Robert England's line dialogue? It has to stay in. You remember what it, what he says? My name's Buck, and I'm raring to fuck. That's uh, it. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I was asleep when it started, so I don't know what it was. I mean, it starts off with a, like a zoomed in shot of Robert England's belt buckle. And all you hear is, I'm but, and I'm raring the fuck. Wow. Which, of course, got referenced big time in Kill Bill. That's where that came that. from. Mm-hmm. I guess I need to watch this movie. It's weird. Yeah, watch it. It's very weird, especially yeah. if you just want to watch Neville Brand just walk around muttering to himself for 90 minutes. He just kind of, apparently Neville Brand was out of his mind pretty much during the whole production. So he, I think they just turned the camera on him and let him go. And he didn't even realize he was in a movie because he's just like, I'm going to kill him. What's going on? Murder. And then he just goes nuts and starts trying to kill people. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, and it was Mel Ferrer. But, you know, the interesting thing, I, I, the reason I got confused is Mel Ferrer is also in The Other Eaten Alive. So he's the cannibal in, one? Yeah. So he's in both of those. It was like... Uh, I just looked that up on IMDb and I was like, huh, that's odd. Yeah. Apparently it was required. And they're two totally different movies. Oh, very, very different movies. Yes, yeah, very different movies. Uh, but I always like to eat in the light because it's, it's very colorful. It's filmed all on a set. Uh, it's, it's like a, you know, a ramshackle house in the bayou and it's all filmed yeah. on an interior set and it's just lit very colorfully and uh, it's got a, a bunch of reds yeah, and green. Yeah, it's got a great, great cast. But yeah, Kevin, it's one of those films where they didn't... Toby left the production, I think, about three quarters of the way through it. And someone else finished it. And it was one of those I didn't know one that. of those movies where they didn't quite get it. Um, but it it has yeah. a, a very unique appeal. and had a wonderful cast. But uh, I agree with Kevin. And they, uh, the alligator prop could have been better. Yeah. But it was 76 and they had four bucks. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I also feel like a lot yeah. of Toby Hooper's earlier films, this and even Texas Chainsaw, you felt like he just found some crazy people and put them in front of a camera and just <laughs> let them do their thing, you know, because they were they seemed like that they were losing their minds on Texas Chainsaw and eating alive. I guess is very similar. <laughs> and then la- and then years later in Life Force, he paid a lot of big known people to act crazy in that one. I mean, he's yeah. always act he's always paying his actors to just do weird nutty shit. <laughs> I wish I liked that movie more than I do, but I've seen it multiple times, and Life Force and I are just not friends. That is not one that I love. That's another one where maybe being heterosexual adds another element to that movie. Um, I would say that might be fair. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll go into that some other time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's he's deep thinking right Mm. now. I know, right? It's not very deep thinking, I have to be honest with you. 
So, Kevy, so Eaten Alive, you're going to remake Eaten Alive. So, what is it that you're going to do differently in terms of are you are you, are you what are you bringing to the table with this? What what why should we let you remake Eaten Alive? Oh, well, like I said, it just it the story's there. It just needs a modern take on it. It it is it it, it needs to find its audience, and this is a good way for it too. Okay. Well. I mean, I would certainly like to see it get remade if the original isn't done in a way that is satisfying. I mean, that's the best kind of movie to remake, right? If you, uh, yeah, if the original just didn't quite hit the mark, but something was there. What do you guys think about? Yeah, something's remake, there. Remake of Eaten Alive. I think there's a way to do yeah. that. Certainly, I've never seen the original, so I'd be fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> I I would like to see if them try it and actually film it down in New Orleans. Or down south somewhere. Yeah. I think it was New Orleans or somewhere. Down. I can't remember exactly where it was set, but it was uh, in the bayou. In the bayou somewhere. But it was. It would be interesting to see them. I mean, I like what they accomplished in the original, but I, I think to have it an actual exterior location, and uh, just with the heat and humidity and everything, it would add something to it. Um, mm. Yeah. But it's. Uh, yeah, I, I think that was a good choice because it's, it's a fun movie to watch, but there's room for a fresh coat of paint there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we could we could learn some backstory about how the alligator got there, you know, stuff like that. How prior victims. Yeah, that movie also is well known for having yeah. about ten other titles too. Yeah, yeah, I I noticed that it does have a bunch of other titles. Yeah. Um, we could even use like one of the other titles, Starlight Slaughter, or I mean, Horror Hotel. You know, I think it was called, and yeah, Death Trap. Yeah, I mean, really, it, the list goes on. Yeah, it it doesn't stop. It it got. They tried. They tried releasing under fifty, and none of them connected with anybody. <laughs> All right. Well, cool, Kevy. Well, I think I'm sold on Kevy's pitch. What about you guys? I think I'd watch it. I'd be curious to see what was someone could do with it. Like I said, never saw the original, so I have no opposition to it. I would watch it. Sweet. <laughs> All right, Felsher, Why don't you go next? Um. On my list, the first one I would choose is actually a, not a particularly well-known film, but it's got a, some cult appeal, called My Best Friend is a Vampire, uh, from 1987, <laughs> 88, somewhere around there. And uh, it had a really, it, it, this was a, a rather charming sort of 80s teen comedy uh, with a little bit of uh, vampire, you know, some vampirism thrown in. It's not a horror movie, really, by any stretch. It's very much a comedy. And it's got Robert Sean Leonard, who would go on to do Dead Poet Society, and later on in the serious house he's a well-known actor uh some great character actors in there uh paul wilson who appeared on cheers a lot you got renee Auvergnois, who sadly passed away he was on benson deep space nine and david warner of course the legendary david warner from everything from tron to time after time and time bandits and so and and it's basically a story of uh a young teenage kid who uh you know kind of falls afoul of a, a vampire seductress and his whole trying to deal with turning into a teenage vampire basically in fact the movie was originally called i was a teenage vampire but they changed it to my best friend is a vampire and it's an interesting film it's oddly progressive in that in the way it treats because the parents he's acting strange so the parents begin to think maybe you know is he gay but rather than treating it as a oh my god he's gay what are we going to do about this oh my god they're just kind of like well what can we do to make him happy what can we do to show that we support him you know and that was pretty 
unusual for an 80s comedy to do that. There was a lot of uh, uh, sort of gay panic back then. You know, you never wanted to, you can make fun about, oh my God, he's gay. What are we going to do about this? And uh, this movie didn't have that. But the, the problem with the movie I found was it's very charming. It's very well acted. It's got some good scenes in it. It kind of peters out towards the end. It doesn't do quite enough with the premise. Uh, I think there was a lot more of an opportunity to really explore, especially in today of social media, using that and trying to figure out, you know, would he become a celebrity as a vampire? What would he deal with with that? How does it really affect his ability to, you know, get his day-to-day life done? I mean, how long, you know, there's a lot more. They just kind of skated over a lot of that in the original for just, and that was that was fine as far as it went. But I thought it was a film that, uh, uh, for all its well-intentioned, well-intentioned uh, efforts, uh, kind of skimmed the surface of it, kind of like a, a stone skipping a pond. And uh, I think that it would be interesting to see, to do a little bit of a darker take on the material and really kind of treat it as the the plus side and the downside of being a vampire, really get into you know the, the some of the... Uh, kind of queasy elements. I was like, you know, he drinks blood. What do you do about that? You know, I mean, really, how do you, how, how do you really address that? And do you kill people or not kill people? You know, there's a lot of ethical things that could be explored in, in a funny way. So that would be my choice. Cause and I don't think the film, the original film is a bad film by any stretch, but it's one that I think uh, could definitely be reassessed in uh, modern times. Cause that movie is now almost God, almost 35 years old now. So. That's my thought. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I I've really never seen it. Oh, that's a great. It's a fun little movie. Um, it's been a while since I've sat down and watched it, but I remember seeing it on Comedy Central. Uh, Mel, have you seen My Best Friend as a Vampire? I actually haven't, and it sounds like something I would watch. <laughs> so it's kind of like um, it, it does. A lot of people do compare it often to Once Bitten, which makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. they are very similar stories. Um, you know a teenage you know someone being bitten by a vampire and becoming a vampire although in once bitten it's sort of reversed and spoiler alert and my best friend is a vampire he remains a vampire right um so um but the way they handled the material i think in my best friend is a vampire is a little better um in my opinion than once bitten I, i like once bitten a lot and i think it's a fun camp movie but i think the way my best friend as a vampire deals with like Pelcher said, a lot of the material uh, is a lot more um, progressive, you know, for the time. And even now it's far more progressive than some other movies in in this vein are pun. Mm -hmm. But, um, (laughs) but uh, I, you know, I wish I could say that I remember the third act disappointing me, but I don't actually remember having a lot of fun when, you know, Grimm's Dyke figures out that the, the kids not the vampire and they're getting ready to stake him and he's like well once i put the stake through his heart that'll prove he's a vampire and the guy's like a stake to the heart's gonna kill anybody um you know just basically trying to tell this guy how crazy he is and then he hugs his friend wearing the garlic and goes ow and they just david warner just goes ha like he's he's so pissed off you got the wrong guy i think the performances are good i just felt the movie was moving really fast at that point it uh yeah it just kind of like it was almost like they felt they were running out of time and it's like, okay, let's wrap all this up here in the cemetery. Then, boom, movie over. And I was like, oh, yeah. I would have liked more of more here. Yeah, it's been a while since yeah. I've seen it, but I remember when I have watched it, I've always kind of enjoyed it. And 
uh, in some ways preferred it to Once Bitten because it's a little less slapsticky than Once Bitten is. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have Jim Carrey, who's an animated cartoon character, anyways. Right. And, yeah. You know, back then was was a little probably a little more subtle back then for him, but still, like you can see the Jim Carrey there that we all came to know and love. You know, oh, in sure. that movie, but um, and not I'm not digging on Once Bitten. I, I I still think it's a great movie, but I think if I was going to pick between the two, I would prefer to watch My Best Friend as a Vampire over that if I had to pick one. Um, right. you guys haven't maybe seen it needs it, a right? special edition Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, be, it's never been be released. Nice that would happen. Yeah, I'd watch it then. It's never been released on Blu-ray, so I'll be you know. Or actually, it had a DVD release, but I don't think it's had a Blu-ray release yet. So. Yeah, it was that um, what was that line called? The Lost like, Collection, the, I think it was called something like that. Because like Slaughter High was on there yeah. and a couple other ones, and My Best Friend is a Vampire of, um, and Repossessed, and yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Full screen DVD, yeah, it didn't no look features, very good. nothing. Just, um, but you know, hope springs eternal. Yeah, but um, know. <laughs> I guess since I'm the only one here who's seen the original, um, I'll weigh in on this. Uh, I wouldn't be adverse to a remake of that. I think it could be fun, um, but I don't know if I would take a serious tone with it. I think the. Oh, I didn't mean a serious tone like making a drama, but I would I would add a little bit more of an edge to it, just a little bit more. Um, watching yeah. it again, I was just kind of this is a little too soft. It's a little bit too. I'm not cutesy. even sure. I'd, I'm not even sure is I'd want like to do that. Twilight or something? No, 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 it's no, like no, no. I'm not even sure I'd want to do that because I think that's what makes it stand out to me is that it is so sweet and kind of heartfelt in its own way, um, and it doesn't really go for any hard edgy stuff. It's just well, more I'm not like, again. I'm not saying it's just. It just fun. needs to have a no, little, but I, this, little this, something. This is. This is this is my 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 take on it. No, this, but I, I mean you know well, I, I mean you're I, wrong, I, you know, but that's okay. You know. You could be the wrong one here, like you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing it get remade. If um, is you know, I mean, it's a great little story, and I think anybody can relate to that basic plot of a teenager feeling like because that's really what it kind of is: the teenager feeling like an outsider and not being able to tell somebody <laughs> anybody the secret that he's got. Well, that's just called being a teenager; it's just being an outsider, right? I mean. But you—that's why it's easy to relate to, yeah, one way or the other, but. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I I would run for that. Yeah. Sounds interesting. All right, I'm going to go next. My first pick. Uh, so, the, um, <laughs> my uh, my first pick for the, the, the remake list here is um, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things, the uh, Bob Clark film from 1972 uh, about a group of theater uh, thespians who go onto this island with their mean-spirited director Alan to raise the dead and perform some satanic rituals and uh, as it turns out the entire thing is a ruse and you know it's supposed to be a big practical joke but um, it ends up being that the joke's on them because their ritual does actually work and the dead do come back with a craving for human flesh and these zombies are pretty gnarly uh it's got some of the best zombie makeup from that period it also has one of the you know coolest coming out of the ground scenes i think this might have been the first flesh-eating zombie movie where the zombies came out of the ground um this i think this was this was the second flesh-eating zombie film in general next to night of the living dead i don't think anybody else had done another one yet and kind of realized they could run with this idea but the problem with it is it's an hour and 27 minutes long and those zombies show up at exactly an hour and five minutes into the film. So you have an hour and change of 
some pretty slow moving material with some pretty unlikable characters. Uh, mainly the main Alan, the main guy, he's, he's pretty despicable. And then you have 20 minutes of payoff. Talk about rushed, right? <laughs> like even part of me was like, God, guys, couldn't you have just like had the zombie show up 45 minutes in and just have them, you know, some talking heads in the house for 20 minutes. Like, you know, we would have been fine with that. Night of the Living Dead did it just fine, just as long as the, you know, the, you, you, you can write the right dialogue, you know. Um, but have you got? Are, are you guys are have everyone here seen the original? Are you guys familiar mm-hmm. with the original? Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. I have. I actually have not, which is surprising because <laughs> I'm a big Bob Clark fan. Um, oh yeah. But I have not seen it. It's his first film, I believe. It was the first one they did. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very low budget. Um, Alan Ormsby did the makeup effects in it, also acted in it, um, and has been very candid about his abilities that he didn't have as an actor in the film. But um, I never looked at that film and thought the acting was terrible. I never went like, wow, these guys are really bad. I just remember thinking it's of the time, and that sort of made me just feel this is how people acted back then. But anyways, um, if I was going to remake it, and which it has, this is actually one that's kind of funny because it's been on the slate to be remade. I think at least twice, if not three times. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's never really come to to fruition. It's always sort of just kind of fallen apart at the last second or um, doesn't ever make it past the development stage. And then it just kind of goes away and pops back up again. Um, I think largely due to the title, you know, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. It's a fantastic title and it's very marketable. But um, if I was going to remake this, if somebody tasked me with that concept, um my biggest thing would be to speed the film up to get those zombies in the movie a a lot earlier than they are uh and to have a bit more going on you know instead of a sort of a a siege type of movie you know maybe save that for the last like you know 20 minutes but you know for a majority of the film it's maybe these characters just desperately trying to either get back to the house because they're in the graveyard and it does work while they're all there and they realize oh shit like these things are evil and they want to kill us. So they all just kind of split off and run in separate directions. And then you, you're dealing with, you know, the, the, the troop has actually been split up. So you can have kind of two movies going on. And uh, one group is going for the boat. The other group is going for the house thinking there's safety there. And the other group's just thinking, fuck safety. We're going for the boat and getting off this damn Island. And, uh, you know, have a little bit more going on in it. But, um, I think it's one that's ripe for a remake. I really think it would benefit from one. And it would draw attention to the original, which is never a bad thing. Uh, that just got a 4K uh, Blu-ray from uh, VCI last year, late last year. Um, if you haven't picked that up yet, I recommend it. It's actually a pretty yep. solid release. I know with VCI, a lot of people wait with bated breath. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, this one, they, 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 they managed to do justice to the film. But, uh, uh, Kevin, I know this was one you were thinking about bringing up. So what would, uh, let's, let's compare notes here. All right. If it was me, I would get rid of the comedy. All the comedy's gone out of it. All right. I'd keep the Alan character, but not make him as miserable as he was. And I'd have everything just balls to the wall, just straight horror. Yeah. I mean, just because that that, that location and that graveyard, that's a creepy, that's a creepy, creepy setting. Yeah. I think they they missed out on some stuff right there. And he was uncar like just viciously mean to everybody i yeah. mean like this guy does not have a, like he does not say a, a single nice thing to anybody in the entire film he is just <laughs> and it just makes you wonder why are these people working for this asshole like is 
is the theater seeing that barren in Florida that this is the guy you got to be with to to make it or is that what he has you thinking it's just there's a couple of points in this film where it's like yeah because he keeps threatening to fire them if they leave and i'm just like okay well there's other jobs so go do your thing like you know like it's fine that's the threat we're gonna fire you even the zombies were shocked at him at one point oh i know but don't tell mel because mel hasn't seen it um it's okay yeah, the zombies were even appalled by his actions at one point. And that's when, yeah. when you've got the undead looking at you, going like, "Really, dude? You, yeah. uh, you're a pretty fucking despicable human being." When you get flesh eating zombies questioning your motives. Yeah. Dalshir, what do you think about a remake of Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things? Good idea. Solid. Yeah, I mean it's it's a good idea. I mean it's been yeah, it's, it seems like every couple of years they threaten to make one. Um, Tom Savini was attached to direct one at one point and that almost never happened. Uh, it just seems like my only concern with, with remaking that movie is that for me, it's so tied to the period that it was made in that I, I would think I'd hate to lose the sort of weird offbeat charm that that movie has, uh, mm-hmm. by making it more action packed and a little darker. I'd almost, uh, because it's a delicate balance that that movie achieves, even though, you know, it is more does need to happen in the first and second acts. Definitely. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was a little bit we, I mean, the payoff is good, but that's, that's, that's a lot to, to you know, the first yeah. hour is literally just an asshole treating a bunch of people like shit. And it's right. like, okay, that's fine. But, uh, but I think it could be done. Um, it would just need, I would just wouldn't want to see it turned into something of a generic zombie movie with the children mm-hmm. shouldn't play with dead things title on it. And the problem is there's just so much zombie product out there. Yeah. I would hate, yeah. I, I, I would want someone who has a real passion to retell that story in a different way and bring their own voice to it, to do it. I would hate to see this just become a, uh, you know, a studio fodder thing or something like that, where it's just like, get some hot young indie guy to do it. And so he can use it as a stepping stone and move on to the next thing, you know, but yeah. no, there's, there's, there's certainly some potential there. Wasn't this the one that almost had rapping zombies in a remake for this movie? I can think yeah. of at least four that, different movies that almost had rapping zombies the, in them. So I think I, yeah. I, I read it one time. It said there was going to be a remake of children shouldn't play with dead things. Yeah. With rapping zombies. And that, and Bob, that, that might've was the killed one that the, Bob Clark was producing. Oh, geez. Mm. Well, yeah. you know, you know, who knows? Uh, it's a, it's an odd, it's an oddball property, so it would have to have an oddball remake in a way to work. Yeah. Well, the the last remake that I heard about was supposed to be more of like a, a guy who's uh, uh, putting together a web show mm-hmm. or something like that, and he brings the people out to this deserted island, and they inadvertently raise the dead somehow. But they're, the whole point is they're live streaming the whole thing. Mm. Um, and I guess that was the closest remake that came to be until somebody who claimed they owned the remake right stepped in and said, I never gave you guys permission mm. to do this. Um, and then uh, I guess there's a big legal battle with it now yeah, because right. they were in, they raised money for it and everything and they never got permission from the right people or according to this person, the right people. Yeah. 
Uh, but you know what's funny is that, that movie um, on Shutter, Deadstream. Mm-hmm. I watched that the other night, and that's it's the same fucking concept. It's a guy who goes into a haunted house, and <laughs> granted, they're ghosts and sort of more, you know, not really zombies, but it's a, he live streams the whole thing. And uh, I think if they had done that, gone that route, we would have just been like, oh, so it's Deadstream too. Although like, the, it wouldn't the, have felt like children should play with dead things. The basic concept of some mysterious guy or some director or some powerful dude whisking off a bunch of people to a remote location and then weird shit starts happening to them. That's been done in 50 movies. So, yeah. I mean, hell that's curtains, you know, with just without. Yeah. Zombies right. 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 So I, I think you can still make that work as a zombie movie. But again, I just would hate to see it. There's just something about the weird DNA of that movie that would have to go along with it in order for me, for it to work for me. Otherwise it's like, yeah, if you're just doing it for the name, then why bother? But then again, that's true of any remake you do, really. Right. Yeah, mostly it's for the name. Um, all right, guys. So do I get to remake Children Children Play with Dead Things or what? No, fuck you. Bastard. Nah, sure. Go ahead. Give yeah. it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you a precious. few bucks. All right, cool. Yeah. I'm down with it. All right. Y'all got I got I well, Mel. I mean, you haven't seen. I mean, I'm a big fan of Bob Clark, um, and I'm kind of, you know, don't like his things being messed with, um, especially especially after Black Christmas getting remade. I know some people are a fan of it. I am not. Um, Which one? Well, the two was it 2006 or 2005? Six. 2006. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't like that one. Um, I mean, the, the newer one's real bad. Yeah. Um, but I also don't like 2006, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I know not everyone agrees with me on that, but I'm kind of just like, leave Bob Clark stuff alone. <laughs> but leave Bob Clark personal. alone! No, pretty much. I love Bob Clark. I think he's almost like an unsung hero of the horror genre. You know, he doesn't get compared to... You know, he doesn't get, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't get put up in the ranks of like John Carpenter or whatever. And sometimes I really think he should. I mean, Black mm-hmm. Christmas is fantastic. Um, Death Dream is terrific. Well, if, terrific. if you're, I was going to say Gibbs, if, if you're, if you're, I don't want to interrupt you if you're not done yet. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I, and this is not me condoning a sequel. This is not me supporting a sequel or suggesting it whatsoever. But um, I was going to say Death Dream. (laughs) Uh, Not because I want it remade, but because I think the, the story in itself is something that can really translate through the decades like we're always you know we're always a country at at war Mm. with with somebody and you know i think it's you know again it's ultimately it's it's a story about about grief and and what happens i think when you try too hard to um you know when you just don't accept that you know somebody's gone Mm -hmm. and 
Um, now, granted, she didn't really have the mom, you know, didn't have much time to grieve because she finds out her son's d- dead and is like, oh, please bring him back. And he comes back like immediately. <laughs> so she didn't have to, that much time to grieve anyway. Um, but no, I, I mean, I think it's I think it's one of those like, yeah, it's you know, it's an older movie. It's you know, it, it's but it's uh, I feel like. The top, like, I feel like the the topic is, is something that you can make sense, it can make sense for, you know, it can make sense in the 70s, it can make sense in the 90s, and today, it's, uh, you know, it's, again, it's, there's always, you know, we still have people, you know, dying in, you know, overseas, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, I mean, so I think if you were gonna if you were gonna remake it, which again I don't I don't condone, um, I would say that's something that you could do without really having to do that much differently. I guess I guess if I would change anything, it would just be that he doesn't come back so fast. Mm-hmm. It's like so immediate, but it's, again, it's, uh, I, I think a lot of it too is about just having to learn to live with the memory of somebody and, and not, you know, again, it's, it's accepting, accepting loss. And, um, I mean, I'm sure I'm making it a lot, sound a lot deeper of a movie than it is. But, um, but I think the concept is, is something that, that can make sense to multiple generations. Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, I think, I believe that a lot of the the points you're hitting were probably very intentional in that film. That's a film that Alan Ormsby wrote and he's very proud of it. And he's, 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 um, he did speak on it a bit on the new, new, uh, children shouldn't play a dead things disc in, that there were a lot of themes in that film that, you know, dealing with Vietnam and all that, that a lot of people didn't want to touch. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't want to explore that uh, feeling of loss and regret and remorse. Um, and that, you know, well, what happens when these boys come back home, even if they come back mm-hmm. alive, are they still them? That's really one of the big themes it deals with. And that's something that, uh, we deal with uh, every day dealing with uh, former, you know, uh, members of the, the armed services coming home. Um, one of my friends from high school um, went into the army and uh, he made a really good friend over there. And he was talking to him one night and the guy wasn't responding and he looked over and his head was gone. Oh, he had been shot in the head while they were sitting there just having a conversation. And the dude's head was blown off. And like, that's, that's an image he's going to live with for the rest of his life. You know, no, I, I have a, I have my dad's uncle was in Vietnam and, and saw his best friend blown up in front of him, yeah, you know, so it's, awful. it's like, but yeah, so I think it's also too, like, when you, when you experience something like that, a part of you kind of dies over there regardless. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't, you don't come back the person that you left as. I would, uh, encourage, oh yeah, I would encourage, uh. People who have not – there's another film from the 70s that, for some reason, Death Dream sort of reminds me of a little way. It's not a zombie film, but it also deals with 
what happens to you after you come back and you're not the same person anymore is a film called Rolling Thunder with uh, mm. William Devane and Tommy Lee Jones. And there's a, an amazing shot of Tommy Lee Jones just sitting at his family dinner table and he pans back and the whole family's talking to each other like they always do. And he's just sitting there and he's not even there. He's there, but he's not even there. And it just shows yeah. you that he's not, he's still disconnected. He hasn't actually, he's physically back, but he hasn't come back yet. And that mm -hmm. death dream really delved into that in a very interesting way. And I, I would mm -hmm. love to see that. You could do that for the Gulf war. You could do that for, you know, any, any war out there. Yeah. Any war. I think it's something that could be remade really well, you know, with, uh, you know, more money. I mean, it was very clear they weren't working with a ton of money. Yeah. Um, on that lot. movie, I don't think you need a big, huge budget to do that. No, no, no. You just yeah. certainly don't need a big budget. But I think you know you could. I feel like you could remake it with resources mm -hmm. that you know they may not have had back then. And the thing is, too, is I feel like a lot of people, at least people who aren't like, you know, knee deep in the horror genre have not haven't heard of it either. Yeah, yeah. So a I think it would be a great way to kind of introduce a new you know a new audience to that movie mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and also uh for those of you who are interested in that that concept of soldiers coming back from the grave uh, i would check out a, a kind of a comedic take on the same kind of idea and from the masters of horror tv series joe dante directed an episode called homecoming which deals with yeah. soldiers coming back from the grave and that's much more of a, a satirical bent on the whole thing but it's also I also think of Death Dream when I when I watch that. Uh, it's also, mm -hmm. if you want something satirical and slashery, Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam. That's another one that's in the same. <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah. that you know one what? Is I, no, I, that was, you know what? I I saw that while I was scrolling through <laughs> Freebie last night before I settled on Ghoulies. Um, wow. And, did uh, you hear the eye roll, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, could you actually hear her eyes rolling back into her skull? Well, I'm sorry, but like they had Jack Nance, they should have made more use of Jack. That Nance. is true. I feel like he, that is true. He disappeared, and I didn't know if it was because I was scrolling through my phone and I missed something because I do that a lot. Um, <laughs> but I was like, so is Jack Nance just gone? Like, did anything happen to him, or he just kind of wandered into the backyard and never came back? I don't know. Well, anyway, but that's Ghoulies, though. That's that's yeah, that's Ghoulies. Ghoulies. So, we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll get, Remake actually, Ghoulies if you want. I don't give a shit. We'll, we'll get in. We'll get into that wow. momentarily. Um, no, I, I that earlier, Mel, you brought up kind of an interesting point where if a movie is remade, it sort of brings attention to the original film, um, if it's kind of unknown to a certain extent. Do you guys feel like that's a benefit or that's a detriment? Because I found, and this is years ago, I, um, when my uh, stepsister had some friends over, they really wanted to, it was in October, they wanted to watch some horror movies, and they had heard all about Halloween. They wanted to see Halloween, so I gave them the original Halloween. 45 minutes into it, they're like, this is boring, we don't want to finish this, give us the other Halloween, mm -hmm. like the Rob Zombie one. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I handed that to, off to them, and they loved it. Give they us thought, the tits and the white yeah, trash. They, they thought it was great, but they <laughs> well, they did not care for the original at all. So that's not always going to be the case, of course. I mean, it depends on you know their attention span, upbringing, what have you. But do you guys feel like that that is a positive thing, or is, could it be a negative thing? Because if the original, the remake, is kind of 
conditioned to go for a more modern audience of today's audience, which is a little more fast paced, a little quicker, as opposed to something that's a little bit of a slower burn and a slower paced film that may not hold their attention. It could actually make them dislike the original. Well, I think that's, I think if they had never heard of a remake of Halloween, I still don't think they would have liked the original movie. Um, that's it's slow. Yeah, it's slow. it's it, like, it's oh, not it a fast, it's not a fast yeah. paced. So I don't film. think they would have liked it one way or the other really. Cause I mean, sometimes the pacing just isn't for certain people, but then there's, there's kids today that would love a movie like that. So I think, I don't think there's any real downside to it because there's, there's I think it's, it's really about what you're looking yeah. for out of, out of a horror. I will, film, I, will you say, know? Like, I will say this when I worked in anchor Bay, we loved it when shit got remade that we had the rights to. We sold a lot of I'm sure you did. a lot of Hills Have Eyes, man, when those remakes came out. So we're just like, remake everything that we own in the catalog, please. Uh, so, <laughs> and, and there's there's two sides to it. Because if the remake sucks, people go back to the original and go, oh, well, this was much better. Thank God for the original. Or if it's great, yeah. they go, hey, let's go watch the original. You know, so it's... Yeah, that's my thought, yeah. It, it, I don't think there's any real downside yeah. to remaking anything. I'm... Sp- I'm certainly not somebody who feels like a bad remake takes anything away from her, from the no. original. Oh, no, no. You know, I know I some that. people are like, oh, this ruins the this ruined everything. This ruined the whole thing. Well, no, because I mean, I hate the Friday the 13th remake just about more than I hate getting my period. But, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, but uh, uh, it, but I just don't watch it. Your period? <laughs> oh i don't i can't avoid that yet and i think i have another 15 years to go before i before i uh get can, that can, slice can, ahead can we get back to friday but... 13th please thank you That's really... this is your fault you asked her uh, you're right you I'm asked sorry. the question I'm to, I'm to blame but but no i mean i i hate that movie with a passion so you. much yeah, and uh and uh yeah no i just uh i but i don't think it takes anything away from from the original franchise i just don't watch it yeah yeah, yeah it makes me appreciate the original much more yeah yes yeah. and i'll yes. admit i was 100 percent one of those people when the hills have eyes remake came out i had never seen the original uh so i went out and bought the anger bay dvd uh yeah. and went oh wow that remake was so much better than this See, oh, I love sure the original Hills Have Eyes. I love the, I love the original Hills Have Thank Eyes. You, like the scene where that where the dad is running and they're like, "Daddy, yeah. daddy," it, I'm like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" It was my dad because I was getting really into horror, and my dad kept was like, "Oh, we need to find the Hills Have Eyes." We need, to and we finally found it. A v, we found a VHS a VHS of it on eBay. Mm. Now this was, you know, I don't think it was even on DVD yet. No, at this it was point. off the market for a while. Yeah, so we we got a VHS of it off of eBay, and I just thought it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I I thought it was great, but you know what? I think the remake. I I mean, I don't really enjoy like the rapey yeah. stuff, yeah. but other than that, I thought the remake was actually really well done. It was well made. I just I thought it was really. I don't. Stupid. I don't. There was, there was some stupid shit. In I there. don't dis. I don't dislike it. Um, do I think it necessary for me personally? Did it improve on anything from the original? No. Um, but I can see why people. I can understand why people enjoy it. Yeah, but I didn't have the you fat baby fat fat and juicy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. 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 I just. But yeah, uh, I I quite like the I like the original one a lot actually. I, I I it's been a while since I've watched it. I did watch the DVD, and then when the uh, Arrow put out, I think a. I don't know if I bought the 4K of the Blu-ray. I know I bought one of them, and I because I think that was around the time when everyone was starting to jump to 4K, and I kind of felt like that one was going to make the leap, hmm. um, just because everything else was. Um, I think it's the Blu-ray that I bought, but I, I know I watched it again, and I I didn't I I I I, I let me just back I. I didn't hate the movie. Uh, I didn't watch it and go, oh, my God, biggest pile of garbage. Thank God they remade this. It was just more like, okay, the remake to me, I I got – I that one did more for me than the original did. But also, the remake follows the original pretty closely. So there wasn't a ton of surprises in the original. Like, no. it's, it's, a, it's pretty much the same story, only the remake kind of ups the ante where they were able to up the ante with the budget and the newer effects and – uh, and that was also too, like in 2006, that was kind of in, you know, the early sort of like going into that stage where everything was going to start getting remade. Like it was like the second or third remake at that point. And um, horror was really getting into using CGI to replace effects. And this film dialed that back and mostly went practical with everything. And it's just, um, it felt grimy and, and and dirty and sweaty and bloody. And it was just like, okay, this is what, I always thought the original was, and then I saw the original and just seemed so much tamer in comparison. Um, well, so, it was the seventies. Of course. You know, yeah. Like you know, I, I get that. Yeah. I mean, you know, but I, I liked, I, I love the remake and I, I, I think the original is fine, but I'm not mad that they remade it, I guess. That, that's oh, I'm not mad that they really made it. The only remake I ever remember being mad about was way back was when they announced Dawn of the Dead. I was like, don't you fucking touch fucking Dawn of the Dead's bullshit. And then I really enjoyed the movie, yeah. which really pissed me off. Yeah. But it did what I yeah. wish Roland Remakes did. It's like, we had this zombies in a mall. We're going to do our own thing with it. It's like, okay, I can respect that. Yeah. But it, at the end of the day, I realized how silly it was to get upset over it. Cause it's like, I think I, I forget what author has said it. Aren't you pissed off about the way Hollywood adapts your books and what they do to your, they ruin your books. It's like, they're not ruined. They're on the shelf right over there. You know? Right. So at the end of the day, right. it's the same with a remake. It's like, they're not chopping up the original and grinding it up in a you know in the meat grinder or anything. It's it's still right there. So yeah, nobody comes and takes your movies away. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's all right. It's been remade. Yeah. Recall all the copies of the original. We gotta destroy them. <laughs> you know. The I re- mean, I was telling you guys before. It's like there are no, I you know there are no movies that I've ever felt needed. Nothing needs to be remade. Nothing has to be remade. The only time that I want actively wanted something to be remade was Last House on the Left because I had heard about it and heard about it and heard about it. I watched it and was like, "What the fuck <laughs> is this?" Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't like, like I that thought movie it. Either. I thought I was watching a. I thought I was going to go watch a haunted house movie. Me too. I, I was like, too. "Oh, I love the title." Oh, you know, I look at the, I look at the DVD cover. Oh, it looks like a, it's like a Victor- yeah. a Victorian yeah. house. Yeah. I'm like, "Whoa, this sounds great!" And you know, I list, I watch it, and I'm like, "Why the fuck are these girls getting chased through the woods?" And there's like random like banjo music playing. It's like the score is completely just bonkers, out of the ass. <laughs> like makes no sense. Not to mention those two and, cops with the goofy shit they're doing. 
Yeah, yeah it's like it, it. The movie is such a, and I understand they like filmed it in Sean Cunningham's backyard <laughs> or some shit. You know, like don't get me wrong. I give them credit for getting a movie release that clearly did not require a lot of money to make. Um, it's a very, very. It's not a good movie. So, but I thought overall, I'm like, well, the concept is is interesting and you know so it was one of those things i was like i really would like to see this movie get remade because i think a lot can be done with it and i did enjoy the remake very much <laughs> i know a lot of people don't love the the microwave yeah, that was a thing weird at the end. That it was like a little too, it was like a little too much yeah. but i thought i thought everything was executed so so much better i liked it too in I, in the I remake liked it this I, I thought it was really well done yeah but that, yeah. i mean there's not there's not i mean you'd have to really try to make it worse than, than the original no. but I, I thought it was well uh, cast and i thought it was very well made but that to end the movie uh-huh. with that micro and it literally ends right after that microwave gag is over yeah that's i bad know way to i know because uh, i mean the there's a point uh, in that film where the mom and the the dad have the guy in the in the sink they have his head in the water yeah. and he sticks his hand and he sticks his hand in the in the, the train to pull the plug out and his hands in the garbage disposal and there's that moment those two parents look at each other and like if we do this we can't stop right and he flips that switch and you hear the and the guy just starts to scream and the blood comes out i paused the movie and walked out of the room i couldn't breathe i was like it, it okay. actually gave me it, it, my anxiety flared up that sound and the fucking yeah. the blood, the gurgling. I just, oh God, whoa, pause, gotta take a second. And then I just kind of like, I, I, I'm, you know, that I finished the movie. But like that, to me, to have that ending in a movie with that moment in it that was so, holy shit, I actually had to leave the room and pause it. I just like, oh man, guys, you guys could have done so much better. You could have done something else. And this is what you did. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, it poses the question of like, what would you do if you had the chance to exact revenge on someone who brutalized someone you love? Yeah. Like at what point, like, would you call the cops or would you, I don't remember. Could they not call the cops? Cause they were like too far away. Or I, like, this, I don't, th- there was a storm or something outside and the power lines were down okay. or something. And the, okay. cell I mean, phone the stakes were, crap. the stakes were a little higher in the original. Cause they actually did kill the daughter. Right. Um, yeah. And in the remake, they only killed her friend right so um but yeah i mean i i think it's it's really it's kind of interesting to think about is like is how like how far would you go to exact revenge on on somebody who brutalized someone that you love with the um just a little uh side note before we move on uh the original last house on the left is in and of itself actually something of a loose remake it's actually a a reinterpretation of vigmar bergman's the virgin spring which has essentially the same story. Uh, oh, yeah. And so in, in a way, Last House on the Left was, the original Last House on the Left was a remake, albeit a very down and dirty oh. and weird one, but it was. Right. So if you go, because if you go back and watch The Virgin Spring, it's Last House on the Left. It's the same story. The exact same hmm. story, really. Down almost. I'd be, I'd be interested. I'd be interested to see that. It's much less, um... it's much less, uh, goofy than Silly. some of the elements mm. of the goofy yeah. um, those two those co- <laughs> well that's those a cops. what a weird that that just is so weird oh, i mean that's a step in the right direction yeah. but in any way sure. I, I yeah the- I, that's, you know. never yeah. seen it uh kevy you got another one i do um 
this is another movie that I like quite a bit, but I, I, I could see where a remake could do it, could do it justice. Uh, Madman. Mm. Oh boy. I'm actually surprised. <laughs> oh, I'm, when you said you were picking this one, I'm surprised because I know how much you love this movie. So I'm really curious what you're going to do with this. Because I'm, as for my own selfish <laughs> needs, because I want to see a more of a backstory on Madman Mars. Yeah, we don't get much detail about see... him in the in the movie no. at all. Mm. You just get the, the the opening campfire scene and a quick retelling of what he did, and that's it. I want to you know I want to go deeper. I want to know what he is. Is he supernatural? What is he? That's what I want. You want to go into the psyche of Madman Mars? Yeah, I want. Yeah, I'll maybe have the movie from his perspective the whole time. Do it like Maniac with Elijah Wood. Yes, that's exactly what I was. I was thinking of. That was a fun remake. I thought. Yeah, that was. Different. That was really. Yeah, they done that it was good. Different. That was really good. I yeah, like that. That was, really mm-hmm. was very different. I remember. You know what I, remake I also didn't. I'm so. Uh, what were you gonna say, Gibbs? Go ahead. That's okay. I was gonna say I remember when they cast Elijah Wood on that film. A lot of people were like, "Oh my God, Elijah Wood against like Joe Spinelli, who's this big hulking guy, and Elijah Wood's yeah. this tiny thing." And all I remember thinking is, "Did you all not see Sin City? Yeah, because he's scary. He was terrifying in that yeah. movie. And he didn't and say he a was still word. little Elijah Wood. Yeah, and he didn't no. Say a so word I'm like, so thing, yeah. I was not worried about Elijah Wood being the lead in the Maniac remake, but. I was a little worried, but I liked it. Yeah, no, I ended. I think I only watched it one time, but I re- I remember um, not being disappointed in it at all. Yeah, but Madman would be an issue. Would there be now, Kevin? Would you do the hot tub scene again? Woo! Oh no 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 no! The hot tub scene is out. <laughs> <laughs> oh come That's on! That's the hot tub scene. It's the greatest film scene of all time. Are you kidding me? It's so mm. sensual. Uh, it's, uh, it's cut. Here's that a, was the most. I've only seen movie. I've only seen Madman one time, and I just was like, "Did they? <laughs> this movie cost ten dollars to make." <laughs> <laughs> I still, I still. And I remember that. the jacuzzi scene. I'm like, "Does this ever end? How long are they in <laughs> oh, this jacuzzi for?" <laughs> I still love that girl who hides in the refrigerator. She just throws all the stuff on the floor, and it's like, "Well, I think he's going to figure not it gonna out." See. Yeah, <laughs> where could she be? It's like, yeah, this would I be would... the dumbest killer of all time. It's like, well. She's not in here, and I know she ran in here, and all the shit in the refrigerator's on the floor, but the refrigerator's closed. What could nah, she couldn't be in there. Well, I'm going to leave. shit is this? <laughs> I'm just going to go. Uh, but I will yeah. say this. Uh, here's a little uh, fun thing for you uh, Madman fans out there to do if you're ever at a horror convention and Galen Ross is there. Or, excuse me, Alexis Dubin is there. Uh Go up to her and ask her and bring an 8x10 of her from the, uh, uh, the hot tub scene and see if she'll sign it. I guarantee you. You want to get people you will thrown get, out of cons, you will get don't you? get punched by somebody. Man. <laughs> Is it only the hot tub scene? Because I understand I, I like from what I've poster. heard. Now, that may be wrong, but I understand <laughs> she is willing to sign stuff now, apparently, from, from Mad Men, apparently, I think. Because yeah. the last time I saw her, she still wouldn't do it. And I love Galen. Yeah, Galen's great. I no, I, I've worked with her before. I really like Galen a lot. But that was not one of her favorite experiences doing that movie. <laughs> so uh, it would be interesting to see how her... Because maybe she's come around to the fact that, hey, look, people love the movie. What? Who gives a shit anymore? Yeah. You know? And, you know, it's kind of it's got to be awkward to tell somebody, I can, I'm not going to sign your stuff. Yeah, and maybe yeah. it just came... But yeah. I, I've heard that she will sign stuff now. I don't know if she offers it at her table necessarily. 
uh, but she won't. Yeah. Right. But I, you know, again, I don't know. So you, you, you fans out there, if you have some stories, send those in. I'd like to hear if she've, if her, yeah. if her perspective yeah. on that movie well, is, or excuse me, Alexis well, has changed the, her story. She did do that interview on the new blue. Uh, That's 4K. true. She did. And she would never talk about yeah. that before. So maybe I think she her, did. She yeah. Did that. So, okay. Maybe. But what was ironic about that interview is it's like 20 minutes long and she spends five minutes talking about Madman and then talks about the rest of her career. So even yeah. though they got so, her on there to talk about it. Hey, getting five she minutes. She spent as little. Getting five she's like, okay, what's the, on that was amazing. Yeah. So, you know. What's the bare minimum I can talk about this movie for this to be worth worth your time? Okay, there, there, great. And then can I talk about everything else? Yeah, cool. All right. Awesome. She admitted there's a movie called Madman. I appeared in it. There you go. Yeah. She yeah, starred in it. Star, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, she said that all she said was that I, I remember from her interview very specifically was that even though they were supposed to be at a summer camp, they were shooting in the fall and it was very it's cold. cold. Oh, yeah. The, the, um, the, the hot tub scene was not pleasant to film, people. It was, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. It was not, it, well, I mean, you know. And it's I mean, not pleasant to watch to film either. It with. It's not. It's so so awkward. Yeah. Uh, God. But I actually, I do like that. That's one of the few slasher movies from that era that I do like more than y- y- the others. I mean, it's. It there's has the urban legend it. aspect to it that I like. Which, yeah. The there's something had, about the it that. had that too. Which I like. I, yeah, I was, yeah, you know. yeah. There's something in it that just, I don't know, it's going to charm. I love The Burning. Um, but it's something I wouldn't want remade, mostly because I don't want the Weinsteins getting money from it. Oh, they <laughs> sold that. They, that movie doesn't belong to them anymore. That's... Like, not in any way? I'm... Even though Weinstein, Bob Weinstein wrote it? No, I mean, they, it was part... They... They produced it, but it was sold to Filmways, which became part of Orion, which is part of MGM now. Now, as far as I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it remade anyway because that movie has some really top-notch performances it, in it. Like Jason Alexander is genuinely. Everybody's. Got, I like funny the kids. That That's one of the things about the burning that I think stands out. As I like the kids. I didn't want. Yeah. To, I didn't yeah. want to see. They're them actually die. really funny. Yeah, I didn't want. Yeah, yeah. they're actually really yeah, funny. Ned Eisenberg and Fisher Stevens and. You know, the, yeah, Fisher Stevens dies, and you're like, "Oh fuck, that yeah, sucks!" And it's a brutal like, scene. Everyone that's who, real. yeah, everyone who dies in it, you're like, "Oh, that fucking sucks!" Yeah. Like these kids were actually really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas, <laughs> like, know, they I, weren't just body. They weren't just. They weren't just like body count. You right. know. Whereas, like in the Friday Thirteenth well, remake, you're like, "Jason, kill them! Hurry, hurry!" <laughs> oh my god, I wanted all those. I wanted all those people dead, including. Jared Padalecki and his sister. Yeah, I wanted them all dead as soon as possible. Your tits are stupendous. Perfect nipple. Face. Oh God. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, all right, all right. The burning has a. Uh, it, it, it's you know I, I, when I tell people about the burning, if I've never seen it, I'm like it's part sex comedy that yeah, at one is. point it is. just goes. You know what? We're a slasher film now, and it just becomes yeah. a slasher movie. And I think that's why. It works so well, and why you like the kids so much is because they are funny. You know, it's it's it is like a regular summer camp. Um, you know, there's there's joking, there's you know the guy smuggling stuff in for everybody on the outside, you oh, know, yeah. snacks, oh, and yeah. cigarettes, awesome. whatever, yeah. beer, <laughs> porn. Um, you know, and I think this is how summer camp probably was for a lot of these people. And then all of a sudden, Cropsy shows up and they start getting knocked off, and it's like, oh wait, this is a horror movie, right? Um. And I think that's what helps kind of set it apart from some of the other slasher movies too. Uh, Madman doesn't really have that. Madman, I think I feel like he shows up 
That's one of the things about Man Man that I do like. It, it's a quickly paced slasher film. They don't take a long time for him to come into the movie. No. They tell that campfire story. The kid screams his name. And, and then Mad he's Man in the movie. Is here. And then he's there. I'm here. I'm <laughs> here. He's up in the tree. Yep. And then it's and then it's eighty and then it's eighty minutes. It's not an it's not a long film. So yeah. you know, it, it doesn't really give you a ton of time um to really kind of yes. focus on some of the things that may not make a whole lot of sense because it's moving too quickly. Well, it was almost as if the filmmakers <laughs> went, all right, uh, we have a bunch of really unappealing characters in this movie, so we got to bring Madman Mars in as soon as humanly possible <laughs> to start offing these fuckers left I'll, and right. Just start offing them, yeah. yeah. I've, heard, I've heard it referred to as the ugliest cast in all <laughs> of history. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, they're not appealing people. They're just not appealing people yeah. in that movie. And I'm not Galen, we love you. No, I'm not talking about their <laughs> the physical appearance. It's just I that's that's like the anti burning. It's like that Madman yeah. is the one where it's just like, Oh wow, I gotta spend ninety minutes with these fuckers? No, 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 no. Madman Mars, where are you? <laughs> Hurry up, get here right now. So I would I, I, now, Ke- yeah. now Kevin, if you remade it, would you keep the Madman Mars theme song? Oh yeah, that's, that's a get Metallica monster. to do a reboot yeah. of that song, man. Just you know, you read my fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Pantera, somebody James like Hetfield that. acoustic. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> don't don't bring up Pantera and Kevin. You know he gets sensitive. Yeah, yes. Well, you know, Madman. You know, actually, I think Madman is a surprising choice, and it's a good choice. Now, would you do? Would you change anything in this in the film, or would you pretty much leave it the way it is? Just update, you know, the characters yeah. or something. What would you do differently? Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, I want it told in the Madman per- perspective. Okay, so start with him, end with him, kind of a deal thing. Yeah, I, I want to know the ins and outs of Madman Mars. Interesting. What he does. <laughs> what What's he do all day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, mean, I haven't watched that movie in a long time, but it looks like it's on freebie, so maybe I'll day in the life of Mad Give it another Mars. watch. I mean, how come the police didn't go out to his house and get him? I mean, what? <laughs> if you look like that, would you I mean, go they out found and, try and fuck with him? I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> it's just <laughs> no, thank you. I well, mean, I it's kind of how like everyone in Crystal Lake, every movie, they're like. <laughs> That's just a legend. It happened last right, year. Right. That, ne- <laughs> that never happened. It's like, this is this is number six, and the last five summers have ended with 20 bodies lying around. What do you mean that never happened? <laughs> it's just a legend. There's, there's, still people, there's still pieces of people lying right over there. <laughs> you forgot one. Parts two. Two, three, and four happened the same weekend, yeah, too. Yeah, it's so. like Christ. They I mean, do, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I think I, like my classmate, Tommy Jarvis, is literally at the insane asylum yeah. right now. Yeah. Right. I know. I was just an urban legend. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. No, I'd, I'd be interested to see Madman get remade. Yeah. Good choice, Kevy. It is a good choice. I like that. Yeah. Right. And it's, a, it's one of those movies I feel got uh, lost in the shuffle back in the early 80s it did yeah it did in the midst of all yeah it needs a resurgence yeah. i think it's um i mean it, it 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 came out i mean right in the beginning of that sort of slasher boom yeah and i think the burning was around the same time my bloody valentine yeah. was around the same time all of them Friday the probably that final came out i mean it was like yeah final exam all those all were like it was a and honestly if you look at the poster of madman 
in comparison to like even like final exam they're both very similar looking posters um a lot of them did that silhouette against the light you know kind of a deal thing and that probably you know helped well not helped but caused it to sort of fade into the background a bit because (laughs) it sort of just it looks it looked very generic it was a very generic looking poster very generic looking title you notice there's two different versions of that poster one is just madman mars the silhouette but then there's another version of that same poster where they put two goofy ass illustrations of two of the kids standing there yeah making out they look weird (laughs) they look really weird next time you see that post that variant of that poster it's like Oh, I can see why this didn't go everywhere. This is yeah. These kids look. I guess that mutated or something. Something's wrong with them. <laughs> I guess that poster was banned. I guess the MPAA had an issue was with it because, like, they were wasn't one of them. Like, you could see her breast or something. Like, there was some. They're not wearing a lot. Slight. No, they're not. Yeah, yeah they're, it's something you know. like that. But I would have just banned it because it, it, the better. illustration sucks. It's better without. Them. Oh, much better without. Them. <laughs> no, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, I just I feel like that's. I think ultimately. The, as iconic as that artwork is now to the film back then i think that's what helped people skip it because they just saw a very simple looking cover of a guy standing with an axe i mean even slaughterhouse that you know cheesy movie from the 80s has the same thing it's you know the guy standing with the meat cleaver but you know in front of a doorway and like the light is behind him so you only see like the highlights of his face but he has Um, an axe to grind yeah, there was a lot of slasher movies that that was their poster. Let's just put the killer. I mean, Friday the Thirteenth, same thing. It was a you know outline of the killer. Um, you know, so that's probably what helped f- faded it in. But I think with the four K and the Blu Ray, a lot of people have looked at it again. Yeah, and it, it has. I do. I have noticed that more people talk about that movie now mm-hmm. in the last uh, yeah. you know ten years or so than probably before. Because when I picked it up, I I bought the Anchor Bay DVD. Yeah. Um from way back when and i think the only because no offense that cover didn't help it either because it no, was, him it was the i never understood that cover either when we released it, it was just like yeah. it looked what is this the blair witch project what are you doing yeah it, it looked like it's him like, in the tree like it's supposed yeah. to be him in the trees but it's just it yeah it, it, you have to know the movie to know that's him in the tree yeah, otherwise it's, not, it's just like a, it, it's it looks like a warshack test you know, it's a cover that makes you yeah. go what the hell is this you can go i don't know what the hell yeah it was just one yeah, of those ones so, right on it's like i don't know why we chose that image for that cover uh, I don't know why either, no. but, um, so I bought it cause a friend of mine recommended the movie to me and you know, that was back when, you know, you guys at Anchor Bay were putting out everything. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, we'd see it come out and we'd grab it. And, uh, and I don't remember thinking much of it when I first saw it. It wasn't until I saw it again later that I went, Oh, you know what? I actually do like this. Um, that happened to me a lot back then. There were a lot of movies that my expectations were a lot higher than the film itself because mm-hmm. I hadn't seen them prior and I had friends that had that absolutely loved them and grew up with them. So they build these movies up and then I'd sit down and watch it and go, that was it. Um, so, you know, but that one I did revisit again and went, yeah, you know, this is actually a pretty fun little slasher movie. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it get remade though. I don't think that would be a bad thing. I thought, I think they're, they might even be talking about remaking it or making a sequel. They've been talking about it for a while. um, The producer, um, Gary sales has talked about remaking it many times. Mm so and uh paul paul ehlers, paul yeah. ehlers sons yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you know i i sent him fan mail <laughs> back in the day oh yeah <laughs> yeah he saw i got my um uh, he sent me back a, uh two autograph eight by tens in the mail oh, back nice. in the day that was pretty cool oh and, and for those of you who would uh, the illustration that we're referring to that the two guy cast members one guy he's wearing some jeans and he has no shirt on and the woman's behind him but you can see some pretty si- prominent side boob and a little areola. 
So I'm pretty sure mm. that's why the MPA went, oh. But again, I would have just done it because it's a goofy-ass illustration, but, you know, whatever. True, so, true. Anyway. Uh, Felsha, you got another one? I have, yes. Of my three choices I made for this show, I would like to talk about my second choice, which may come as a little bit of a surprise considering it's fairly recent. Um, Event Horizon is one I wish someone would take another shot at because I felt that movie had really great atmosphere at times, but it botched the whole central idea in two ways. Number one, great cast. There wasn't, there were no characters in that movie. They're all placeholders. No one has any personality. It's all just sort of stock characterizations and ideas. The, the tortured Ooh. scientist, the stoic captain, the, you know, there's just, and no one had any real interesting things to do in that movie, aside from talk about what they were doing next in the plot. And, to me, that wasn't that was it, it was it was hard watching really great actors kind of just flounder around and not really be able to do much with very thinly written characters. And number two, in and of itself, the ship is beautifully designed, but in the context of the movie, it's fucking ridiculous because <laughs> it's it's first of all, the ship is this big, long, like, you know, 2001 Discovery ship with this big, long corridor that attaches the two parts of the ship. And this big, long corridor has all these big rotating teeth-looking fucking things, which is like, <laughs> who would design a ship like this? This is ridiculous. And then you go into where the big warp core, you know, drive thing is, and it's decorated like Hellraiser's wet dream in there. And it's just got all these weird steel and everything. It's like, Okay, they didn't know this ship was going to accidentally end up on a planet and travel to a hellish other dimension. So why the fuck would they build this thing like this? And there's just way too many times where I'm watching the movie going, they just let the production designer go nuts and no one said, okay, this is stupid. It was like the haunting remake. That house was so over-designed and so ridiculously over the top that as soon as you walked in there, I started laughing because it's like, come on, the fucking ironwork is growling and snarling at them. I mean, give me a fucking <laughs> break already. And Event Horizon, for me, it was like this idea of a haunted house movie in space mixed with the black hole and a, little, a lot of Hellraiser. And it just, and it also, it has some really great stuff in it, the, the scene where they, they see the playback of what happened to the, the previous crew and uh, it, it had some interesting moments in it, but then at the end, it just goes bug fuck crazy with all this Hellraiser-y shit. And it, it was, for me, a really great premise and a great idea that was just kind of squandered and just kind of, and I understand why people like that movie. I actually like a lot of it too, but it's in spite of the fact that it failed to really, I think if they had gone with a much more serious approach in terms of the production design in terms of maybe make it more you know i think it would have been a lot more scary if it had been a normal kind of looking ship and the crew is someone that we get to know over the course of the movie before they get there and we you know it's like almost it should have i wish they had adopted aliens approach more for this than what they ended up doing uh it was just it was a film that came close to getting the idea right but then just kind of went off in its own weird direction and uh the characters didn't work and again there were just too many times where it's like no one would design a ship like this This is the goofiest come on what's with the rotating teeth didn't anyone go yeah rotating teeth in the yeah great idea that that's why why are you doing it like this this is completely impractical and stupid 
Uh, you <laughs> know, and and again, when the the big warp drives call this like metal clad, and it looks like really, it looks like Pinhead's wet dream in there, and you're just like. <laughs> No, <laughs> there's nothing practical about this whatsoever. I mean, I'm all for fantastical stuff, but give me a break. So I would, I would, I would like to see that one reapproached and and done with a little bit more, a little bit, a little bit more restraint and a little uh, and more of the creepy side and the more of the atmospheric side of things, rather than just going off nuts with all the blood splashing everywhere and stuff like that. It just it didn't work for me ultimately at the end. But you know mm-hmm. that's that's my take on that one anyway i'm gonna be honest i don't remember that movie at all i know i've seen it um that's me i watched it like a year ago and i already forgot what it's yeah also it has and everybody loves it well a lot of people really like that I and mean, i get it i mean it has a lot of things about it that are in and of themselves entertaining and it does have some really great atmosphere some really disturbing creepy uh visuals at times but it just it's in the service of a story that ultimately is too thin and characters that don't engage you and if you're not that's the big weakness of the movie even over the production design the characters just don't engage you the only character that works sort of is sam neill's crazy scientist because at least he's over the top and kind of weird and there's at least something of an arc to that character but the rest of the characters are just all stock performers and it wastes Lawrence fishburne and kathleen quinlan and you know you know Jack Noseworthy and a whole bunch of other really great actors who just don't really get much of anything to do. And if you're not engaged by those people and you don't really care about what yeah. happens to them, then the rest of the stuff really stands out as being underwhelming. Uh, and also yeah. it ends, it has a weird, the weirdest cut. It, it ends really quickly with a character waking up from a dream and then it crash cuts. And then this horrible techno score comes on over the credits really loudly and really quick it's just like and then it's like whoa 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 um where did this when did we suddenly enter the space rave what the hell is this it's so that i would definitely not put that in the remake that was uh bizarre yeah it's uh it's a movie that a lot of people have a boner for. I mean, I've seen a lot of folks talk about it. They love it. They want that uncut version. They want yeah, to see what the original, yeah. you know, uh, the original cut was like because the MPAA, of course, in Paramount, teamed up once again and slaughtered the movie, so to speak, and or neutered it rather. And although you know, there's still a lot of gory shit in it, it's not like it's been drained yeah, of all yeah, of that stuff a, at all. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, hey, fuck. I mean, I don't remember the original, so I, I guess I'd be indifferent. Hey, it's been way. so long. I, 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 I'll let you remake it. Shit, go for it. Yeah. Or oh, you'll let me. Who are you to tell me I yeah. can and cannot remake something? That's the whole point yeah. here. That's and the, the problem with this one, unlike Mad Men or Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things, I need a pretty big check to do Event Horizon. Just pitch it. Just pitch it. Pitch it to Netflix. They'll let you make it. <laughs> right. They don't say no end. to. They don't say no to anything. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, that's their slogan yeah, no, you know? Netflix we don't we say don't. no to anything where <laughs> no means yes <laughs> oh lord uh, alright so I'm gonna I think I wanna go with my next pick here um, so this is one that I grew up loving as a kid I grew up loving the series actually um, specifically the third one uh, is um, I would love to tackle a remake of Ghoulies um, largely because I feel like 
<laughs> there's something there's potential in that film and in the concept of these little creatures that pop up from hell. I love monster little monster movies. I always I've always been um kind of drawn to the little creatures in the 80s horror movies, you know, the, all the, the puppetry and everything like that. So the ghoulies really fit the bill for me on kind of filling that void of little monsters. And I'd love to see somebody take on this idea and the story with the approach of a consistent tone throughout the entire film. Because Ghoulies, to me, its biggest issue is the movie does not have a tone that's consistent for any lengthy period of time. Um, you know, the the word through the grapevine, so to speak, is, is that the the script was very serious. And then the director saw the Ghoulies, you know, the puppets and went, oh, my God, no, they're so goofy looking. We can't make this a serious <laughs> horror film we've got to make it a comedy and but instead of changing the script he just threw these bits of comedy in the film that were supposed to be funny but left the script serious so you've got this film that's got this up and down tone that doesn't really quite work until the sequel which is more fully realized oh this is more of a horror comedy we can you know it's written specifically as such so they kind of balance it a little better and then in part three, they're just like, no, nah, it's a fucking comedy. These things come out of a toilet, man. Like, it's got to be funny and silly and over the top. And, you know, that one's my favorite one of the three of them. Um, I know there's four, but we don't talk about that one. But um, if I was going to remake the first one, I would do you know, the practical puppets again. I probably would keep the designs very similar. Um, you know, why tamper with something that already works? Um, but just keep that tone consistent, make it more of a, you know, either a serious horror film or more of a comedy. I probably would lean more towards the comedy than a serious horror film, maybe something more fun and goofy and silly. Um, just so, you know, it's there. Cause even the guy who plays, um, the lead villain and I'm blanking on his fucking name and he's great in it. Um, somebody help me. Oh yeah. First one, first one, Which remember. one is this? The uh, first one or yeah, the third one? The first one. No, I know who Kevin McCarthy is. Um, the Speaker of the House? No. The Speaker of the it? House? <laughs> oh, please. His name's Kevin McCarthy. Well, no, that's in Ghoulies Go to College. Yes. Uh, yes. All right, hold on. Uh, Michael DeBars? Yes, that's him. Michael DeBars. Who plays Malcolm Graves? The bar. That dude okay. is hamming up every part of this movie, and you can tell he's there for it. And I'm like, but that's <laughs> the kind of vibe I'd want it to have. That just sort of like, yeah, let's. It's ghoulies. Like he even said in his interview on the Scream Factory disc, this wasn't Shakespeare. You know, it wasn't I, when, when he. When we, <laughs> no. You know he he showed up and he he had fun, and I think that's what everybody else ultimately should do with a film like this especially with that kind of a title um so that's something i would i would tackle as a remake as ghoulies and i think that i know that there's a discussion happening or there's supposedly talks of a remake happening down the road now i found this very hard to believe and i don't know if you guys would share the same sentiment but i in 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 kind of prepping for the show i did research a few of the movies that i you know wanted to pick according to wikipedia which again is not a it's not the most reliable source in the world. Um, according to Wikipedia, this movie grossed $35 million in 1985. Now, to put that into perspective, Fright Night, released by Columbia Pictures, 
much bigger film made 24 million um i think I have, it's possible uh i don't know i mean i don't know is that 35 million dollars worldwide or is it just i mean i would hard believe that's all here i mean it says it just says for both like I don't know if it says uh, domestic or, or are they incorporating returns, but... uh, video, resi- you know, pr- you know, receipts into that. I don't know. I, th- I mean, I know, I know people remember the poster for Ghoulies. Well, sure. I know they remember How that. Image. They not? There's a lot of people who saw that poster, who saw that VHS and it stuck with them. And I think that would have helped it become popular and people would go to see it. But I think even like Ghoulies too, because like my mindset is like, okay, if Ghoulies one made thirty five million dollars, and apparently this movie was made for under a million, hmm. so that's a pretty steep return on investment for whoever put this film out. That studio would have greenlit a sequel immediately, and it would have been released much bigger because they would have been like this. You know, this movie made thirty five million. We know that you know a lot of people saw it. We're going to go ahead and push out a bigger sequel and a bigger ad campaign. And I feel like Ghoulies 2 was a blip on the radar. Ghoulies 2 just sort of feels like it came and went. Well, there's a reason. And it came out three years later. Well, there's a reason for that. Um, Ghoulies was a a success theatrically, but it was a huge, huge video hit. I mean, just like, you know, it it couldn't keep the VHS on the shelves. And Empire, Charlie Vance's company, released that theatrically. And they also, he made the deal with Vestron to distribute it. By the time Ghoulies 2 came around, Empire was in trouble financially and it was about ready to get sold off so ghoulies 2 didn't get just didn't get the push because they just didn't Hmm. have the money to do it and it it, again i think even they knew we could we could spend money on the theatrical campaign that we don't really have this is back before social media where you had to do hard advertising tv spots and trailers and all that sort of thing or let's give it what we need to and go to video with this thing really and that's where it really ended up doing a lot more of its money. But by that point, Empire was already in trouble. So I think it did get a theatrical release. Oh, it did. There is it, a did. it did. There was a, yeah. And there's the Wasp music video, the Screaming Till You Like It music video where the ghoulies are in the, in the video. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, I just, I found, I found that number. Questionable. A, a difficult number to swallow. I just, I, I, I want to believe that Ghoulies was that successful because I do like the movie for what it is, but more successful than something like Fright Night, which like, I mean, like, I don't know anybody who doesn't, who hasn't seen Fright Night, you know, like mm-hmm. I, it's a very short list. Ghoulies on well, the other part hand. Of me, a part of me wonders if maybe based on the cover art, maybe people thought it was a movie that kids could see too. Well, it was Maybe. rated R, wasn't and it? so or was it PG thirteen? No, Ghoulies was PG PG thirteen. PG thirteen. Well, um, there you. I mean, there you. And Fright Night was R, correct? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, there, there you go. That does I make mean, more and sense. Then you, yeah, and then you have, and then you have the little, the little creatures. They'll get you. And in so the people end. are, yeah. So people are probably thinking that it's like another Gremlin. Yeah, this was a less than a year after yeah. Gremlins had come out, and so. Little, little, little guy. And Gremlins, and while well, Gremlins has some s- scary stuff in it, it's generally appropriate for children. Uh, right. Um, it's one of the more, two movies that led to the PG thirteen. Uh, so let's not forget. That. I mean, right, right. you could. I mean, you could take your kid to see Gremlins, and no one's going to accuse you of of being a bad parent. 
Yeah. Um, right. Maybe just someone who didn't do as much research as they That's should true, have. But, honestly, there's some stuff in Gremlins that if you're a little too young, it's going to fuck you up. Uh, yeah. Santa yeah, Claus story. Sure. I was just about to <laughs> yeah, so the, the Santa story my, alone my, would do it. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I think it was back in like 2016 or 2017. They Regal was doing these $5 movie nights. And it was right around Christmas time. So all the movies are Christmas themed. So, of course, my brother and I, we grew up with Gremlins. So we took my nephew and my niece. And my nephew was three. My niece was, you know, eight. They both still believe in Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> and there's other people in the theater with their kids. Now, mind you, this is like, you know, it's, it's I think a lot of people have the same mentality. Oh, I saw this when I was a kid. I loved it. But as soon as Phoebe Kate started telling the story about her dad, you just saw parents scooping up kids and running <laughs> yeah, out of the theater. Like, all right, we got to go. Like, like, bathroom break. And I'm just I, I remember looking at my brother going, get them out of here now. You can. I forgot this happened. We forgot that this happened. You can. You and can well, stab. You, know, you can stab Remlins to death. You can impale them on a cutting board. You can put them in a mixer. You can blow them up in a microwave. You can chop their heads off. But we are not going to let Phoebe Cates tell a story to nope, our kids. Nope. <laughs> that Santa Claus isn't real. No. And that, like, I was just like, get out, get out, get them out, get the children out. It was like the Titanic. Ladies and children, to the front, get off the boat. You know what the line um, is? You know the line? It's one line in that story that fucks it up. And then we notice the smell. Ugh. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, thanks for letting us do the math in our head on that one, Phoebe Cates. Oh. Right. I do love that. Not to go off too much on a tangent on Gremlins, but I do love in part two, like when she, she they spoof that. Yeah. She's like, "Honey, we don't She's have like, time for this." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't mention Lincoln. Honey, we don't have time yeah. for this. <laughs> and everyone's just kind of looking at her like, right. "Was it Lincoln's uh, birthday? Was it Lincoln's birthday? Lincoln's yeah. birthday? Yeah, Lincoln's yeah, yeah, birthday. yeah. Oh God, don't yeah. tell me about Lincoln's birthday." It's like, yeah, honey, we don't. Have um, time for this. but. But back, you know, back to the little the little rubber monsters from Ghoulies. Actually, the ad campaign for Ghoulies almost got um, got them into a lot of hot water because parents were writing letters to the distributor complaining. Yeah. I was potty training my kid. They <laughs> saw they your fucking poster, the or they saw the because the commercial <laughs> well, yeah, for the yeah. movie it was airing on like Saturday morning cartoons, like the TV spot. So the Ghoulie pops out of the toilet at the end. And all these kids are like, oh, my God, there's monsters in the toilet. So all these angry and they were going to change the ad campaign. But Charles Band's um, uh, manager or lawyer was like, you can't buy this kind of publicity. No, Don't no. you dare. That's right. Uh, you just leave it alone. Because <laughs> now everyone's going to see this movie. I can just see little kids going and saying, Mommy, I can't take a shit. The goodies are going to get me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, go take a shit in the backyard, Dad. Just get out of my face. <laughs> Dig a hole, Dig a hole. Do something. Um, Jesus, I hate kids. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I guess if I was going to remake Ghoulies, I would remake Ghoulies, um, but in the tone of Ghoulies 3. I wouldn't even have to go that far in the franchise. I would do something in that vein where it was more kind of slapsticky and fun. Yeah, let's not take this um, seriously. Come on. Yeah, yeah, it you can't be done too seriously. Aim for that PG thirteen kind of comedy or uh-huh. you know, rating. Um sort of like even like Krampus, maybe even, you know, where there's a couple of moments where it's like, oh shit, but mostly this is fun. This is fine. Uh, I got an idea. Mm. What? Ghoulies goes to college, but in a serious hardcore way. <laughs> How the hell would you do that? <laughs> I don't know if that would work because I mean, I, f- I feel like that's what the first movie tries to do, and it just ultimately doesn't really work that well. 
I, I was just. I was, I was about to say. Oh, well, excuse like, us. <laughs> the ghoulies are here. Sure. So like, how can you say the ghoulies nah. are here? This university. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever shall we do? That was a joke. <laughs> do we get to strangle somebody with their tongue again? Yeah, or I don't kill know, with yeah. the plunger? Because. Yeah. <laughs> I call Ooh, it the, the ghoulies are here. <laughs> Have it take place in like you know in Britain somewhere. Just you know send some to Oxford or someplace and just be like, I call it the ghoulies. They've arrived. And they're looking for a higher education. <laughs> <laughs> Mel, I, I didn't force you to watch this movie, I, but you did watch it. No, overnight. you didn't. You didn't. But I, I was sometimes I decide to go through Freebie because Freebie actually, te- it's kind of like Tubi. Like you go through it and you're like, oh, yeah, like this is a movie I've been meaning to watch. Like they have some like deep, like deep cuts in there, like things that you don't typically see on like netflix or anything so i was like well you know gibbs talks about this all the time i'm just gonna watch it and get it over with so you so you watched it on to be or or not to be on i watched it on freebie which is owned by amazon Uh okay i do want to throw out there that mel has a habit of saying i talk about things all the time because i've mentioned it twice i don't remember (laughs) a lot of discussions about ghoulies there was apparently one point where i, I was, feel like you bring up ghoulies every yeah, day along with so scene, I, you know. yeah it's like spooky like i i had just seen spookies and i was telling everybody i had just watched it there was one conversation <laughs> like and then it's just like all of a sudden i'm obsessed with spookies according to her and it's like you talk about spookies all the time every apparently yeah, i just right. i don't know where i am when these conversations are happening but um <laughs> So, I mean, over, I mean, I know, obviously, I don't think you enjoyed the film all that much. Your your response earlier certainly dictates that you didn't like it. But did you like anything about it? Ooh, hear them tumbleweeds about going ghoulies? through. Yeah, wow. about ghoulies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I would have liked it. I like the house because I, I like big old houses. Um, that house, well, I do. Well, shit. I mean, if you're not going to, that's, that's a great thing. Um. That's an old, an old like Hollywood mansion. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I like the house. Um, I like that Jack Nance is in it. I wish they would have utilized him some more. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I agree. Uh, other than that, I what? don't really care that much. But <laughs> um, I guess the main guy was attractive. Oh, the guy who was like really weird, not the toad one, the guy who was really but weird. the but the one named Dick. Oh God, him! Yeah, so he was actually very good looking, but then they decided to make him like really weird and eccentric. And then I like how he goes downstairs after he just had sex with the one chick, and then that random spirit lady with the tongue is like downstairs and she's like hey dick and he's like oh dick you are a lucky man and he just makes out starts making out with her <laughs> i would just i would like to point out, out that the guy who played dick his name is keith joe dick yes his last name so, is dick. Uh, <laughs> and also if you yep. uh, gibbs if you do remake ghoulies with more of a serious or like a funny approach you've got to mm-hmm. get Marishka Hargitay to come in playing her character yes. from Law and Order somehow to show up in this. Movie. You know what's what's funny is she has. I mean, granted, like you know, again with the film, like it's not like you know. Uh, um, I actually the first one's well, I don't know if it's my least favorite of the three. I like the first one, but um, she has one of my favorite 
reactions in the film when they're in the kitchen and you know the guy goes you know my name is dick but you can call me dick and he cracks open the beer and it starts to spill over her genuine laughter of his reaction of the beer because I don't know if that was a blooper I have where a feeling someone it was. shook the can. I, I guess I'm because she go. has such a genuine, like hysterical laughter reaction that it doesn't feel like anybody prompted her to laugh like that. That's just what she did. I like moments like that in a movie like this because it, it as I was, you know, kind of going into a little bit earlier with Mel, is the actors in this movie are all pretty decent, and for a movie made for under a million dollars with little rubber monsters running around. People are there for the rubber monsters. They're not there for the actors. So right. the actors all could have sucked. And as long as those monsters pop up, everyone would have been happy. The fact that they got a decent cast together, I think, is what also kind of helps hold this movie together. Because everybody in it is is not that – they're pretty good. Like, no one stands out as being yeah. bad. Um, no, I agree. I agree with that. Although I'm re- um, I was really confused at the party scene where she was some – and this is just this is very trivial, but in that scene, she's making mashed potatoes for a party. I just don't. I just oh, that's that's well, not like a party food to me. It's a mashed potato like, party, man. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, well, oh. if it's like a dinner party, then well, no, I but don't that was think the, this that was, was no, that was the first no, that was the first party. Yeah. That was the first party they have all the. People I like mashed potatoes. I like I personally be thrilled. I'd be thrilled if I. I'd be thrilled if I showed up somewhere and they're like, "Hey, I made some mashed potatoes." I'd be like, "Fuck yeah!" Nachos, potato chips, and we've got some. Uh, fruits and dips and we got some vegetables we've also got a big bowl of fucking mashed potatoes man (laughs) and that's where i would go first i'm like get me a get me a big spoon so i can scoop myself some of those mashed potatoes i don't know why we have a big bowl of mashed potatoes but rishka made them so fuck it (laughs) y'all are saying mashed potatoes wrong What's the right way to say? Why? Because we're actually pronouncing them the way they're spelled. Mash taters. Mash taters. taters. Yeah. Oh, yes. Get it right. <laughs> oh well. Mash potatoes. Pretty soon taters. we're going to be in leafer territory. Okay. Um, oh. So, <laughs> so yeah. So that's my that's my other pick. Um, I would want to see or do a remake of Ghoulies, and I think that. Well, um, then it's a good thing I watched it last night, so yeah. I, at least I knew what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah that yeah. helps. Yeah. Um, it does help, yeah. So, um, Mel, you got another one? Uh, you know, again, there, there's nothing that I... Again, the only, the only horror movie I ever actively wanted to see remade was Last House on the Left. And I got that. And, um, and I was relatively pleased. Um, I guess, so I, I kind of, like, was thinking... I was just thinking about... Because, you know, like, back in the... In the eighties, if a if a movie was if a horror movie was popular, it got a sequel, mm. typically. Um, so I was thinking back to you know movies that now, granted, I don't know how popular it was at the time. I'd have to look into it. But for instance, like the Fun House, I feel like that's a movie everybody really likes, mm-hmm. um, but never got a sequel or a remake or. Or anything, which I'm not upset that it didn't get a remake, but um, and I don't really know. I feel like you couldn't remake it without like all the people just being horrendously annoying <laughs> in it. Um, because well, because even then, it's like, well, let's hop off of the cart and spend the night in the fun house. Like you fucking idiot, <laughs> you know, like. 
And then you got Buzz, who's like 40 years old. And uh, then, okay. you know. Mel, you're kind of defeating the whole, we're talking about films you want us. Now you're saying, <laughs> no, this is why you shouldn't remake this. So it's like, okay, fine, fine. Well, well, cause like I'm, I'm just, I'm, I, cause like I said, I'm, I don't tr- really enjoy remakes much. Um, I'm a simple girl with simple pleasures. And <laughs> exactly. No, it's, it's very true. I have very little interests in this world and, but it's like the wow. very, wow. Oh, okay. So- I have very few things that, that bring me joy, but this is like, but you know, I I like a good cheap old slasher movie. Those I find I, do too. I, I get a lot of I get a lot of happiness out of those. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, I don't know. You could, I guess, you could make the you could remake the Funhouse. I wouldn't really care. <laughs> <What>? um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Your, 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 your indifference is infectious, Mel, let me oh, yeah. tell you. Um, oh. I guess you could, like, remake it not in Florida. Well, wow. wow. That's so I could, So maybe I could actually, like, go enjoy visiting the filming locations. Yeah. But, you, oh, you, that's you, another you, thing with Death Dream. Remake it somewhere that's not in Florida. That's one Anthony? way they can improve it. You know what? Anywhere. I don't, well, I don't, I don't like viewership. <laughs> well, sorry. If you live in Florida, then I don't know why you haven't. Um, the send complaints to I avoided Mellon COVID. I avoided COVID for three years. I go to Florida. I catch it day one. And I know I caught it day one because I started getting sick on day three. There you go. So it is a COVID wasteland down there. Um, it is. So ba- they also acted like they'd never heard of veggie burgers in Florida. And I'm like, am I on Mars? Basically. Like, yeah, I just, I don't know. Ugh, what ugh, the fuck God, does this Florida. have to do with a remake of the fun house? Stop, stop making movies in Florida. Cause then she I does. don't want to go see the filming locations. Uh, right, okay? okay. Cause then go I got to go to Florida. Yeah. She wants to, she wants to visit the filming locations of the remake of fun house. Uh, anyway, remake the Funhouse. Don't remake the Funhouse. I don't give a shit. The student of Toby Hooper will be thrilled if you do. I'm sure. Uh, speaking of the Funhouse, that was my secret Satan present from Mel this year. Oh yeah, Christmas. it was. Mm, nice. Yeah. <laughs> even she I got don't me the 4K. Ha- even I don't have the Scream Factor. I, ha- I still have like the old ass like DVD of it. Oh my. Yeah, she bought me the 4K. Yes. Yeah, well, it was on your wish list. Yeah. Um, and I got you Metallica socks. Did you ever wear your fancy overpriced uh, Metallica socks? I wear them at least once a week. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's something that makes her happy. Um, yeah. I, I do actually, love novelty socks. I would not be adverse to a remake of Fine House. I actually think that's a movie that could benefit from it, really. I mean, it is. I know that I was watching, I think it was the Blu ray features, actually, which um, they kind of went over like how slow the film was. And they added that scene at the beginning with the fake, you know, scare because they had nothing else in the beginning. They're like, we got to give the audience something to get their attention because there's nothing happens in this movie for 45 minutes, like nothing scary. Um, so you put that at the beginning, you grab the audience and they'll keep them invested throughout the whole thing. It's like, I don't know if that's true or not, but um, yeah, it could benefit from a remake. I think I did. I think I wish you could remake it and make the characters more well, interesting. I, my yeah. problem with a Funhouse remake is. Are there even fun houses anymore? I mean, people don't go to those yeah. anymore. 
Yeah. Not really. Yeah, 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 they yeah, they're, they're, they're still around. Yeah, they don't have. There's always fun houses that when they're like any fair you go to, yeah, there's a, a yeah. there's a fun house and small towns still have their little carnivals. I'm sure Gaffney has a carnival. Yes, we do. <laughs> and it probably has a fun house in it. Yep. It's more, but it's more so, of a fun shack. Sure. <laughs> and if you make it out you get unlimited pintos from, from harold's and a free I, uh, sunny's donut <laughs> i think that's actually that's that's a good off the cuff pick mel i know that wasn't one you had prepared in your arsenal there but yeah uh, i didn't have i don't have any ideas for it It was just something like oh this is actually a very because i feel like most popular slasher movies have a lot of them got yeah. remade. Yeah, and this one. And then, yeah. for whatever reason, there's certain ones that just never <laughs> did for one reason or another. So I guess you could redo Funhouse and and make the characters a little less annoying and mm-hmm. more interesting. Because um, yeah, I mean, they were mostly all pretty annoying. Yeah, well, I think a lot of, I mean, let's be real, a lot of '80s slasher victims or people. Most slasher movies, the characters weren't all, you know people you they were supposed to be annoying you right you wanted to see them die because you know they want you to enjoy the experience to a certain extent right so if you're like everybody you're not going to enjoy seeing them get killed off um but i don't know i I guess it could go either way um fun house i mean what the hell uh kevin you got another one oh yeah um neon maniacs for Mm. one reason only i need a fucking ending Oh, yes, yeah, that, that movie does not have it at all, does it? Oh, God. No, no. It's, there's no ending, and I need an ending. You know, I, to be a fly on the <laughs> wall on the making of that film and just been like, guys, like, I don't know. I just, uh, I do like that movie a lot, but you're right. It does not have an ending. It it, it, it just it just all of a sudden ends. And, um, wow. Yeah. I hadn't watched it in a while. But I brought up brought up the Blu-ray when uh, during the pandemic when I was off from work for a week. I mean, it, it was the first time Angie watched it, and she was like, "What's that? Is that it? What the <laughs> fuck was that?" <laughs> so, I'm like, "That's I mean, that's well." The movie had tons of problems when it was being made. Oh it God, shut down yeah. I think twice or something like that. And I, techni- I don't think that technically it. It may actually be unfair. I mean, I don't know if they actually finished shooting everything. And I don't know I don't if anyone's even. I heard they yeah, did. And it would certainly, I would believe it. Um, you know, yeah. it was, they just, the financing fell through while they were shooting. And and then I yeah. think they re, they got it back up and running. But at some point they, they couldn't get some of the cast back. So they just added new people in it. So, I mean, I don't, it was, it, the movie is just all over the fucking place. I mean, it's. Well, the the main cast stuck through the whole project. It was the Neon Maniacs themselves. The Maniacs, they were, right? It was the Maniacs. They couldn't get so like if you watch the credits, there's like three different people playing some of them, right? And they and like yeah. the other thing that doesn't help is their makeup looks different too. They didn't even use the same makeup appliances. No, no. the one that's like a caveman half ape guy. Um, when you first see him, he's more ape-looking. The second time you see him, he's more human-looking because it's later in the film, and it's like, is that supposed to be the same guy? Or is it a completely different, you know, neon maniac? Because there's supposed to be 12 of them. And then there's like two of them that you see for a half a second that you never see again in the movie. (laughs) And it's just like, guys, you had some really cool, inventive, you know, kind of monster designs here. And 
you, you barely did anything with those. Instead, you give us the guys with the goop on their faces. And, yeah. you know, um, and actually, Andrew Divoff, this was his first film. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played the surgeon that pops up for a half a second. <laughs> and, um, yeah, the, I, I I do like this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. It's cheesy. Um, but it also doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You have no, these creatures that the their, their weakness is water. So they decide to set up camp underneath the the San Francisco Bridge. Right, it's like the Golden Gate. Not a good idea. You know, it's just like, how about the right, Sahara? Why not just do it in the, the Amazon? How about the Sahara? Right. Guys? I mean, wouldn't that be, right make more yeah. sense? Yeah, somewhere where it doesn't rain. L A. Even go down to L A. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It doesn't rain too often. But um, what was funny is they were making this film. I I, I when I uh, was talking to the effects guy on Video Dead. San Francisco was such a small filmmaking community that he knew about this movie because one of his friends was working the effects on it. And he remembered when they were filming, you know, video dead was shot on weekends, essentially like every low budget film or when people were available. And he remembered talking to his buddy about neon maniacs and having all these elaborate monster designs and all these different appliances and having a team of people. And, you know, he just thought this is really cool for you. I'm so I'm, you know, I'm working on this little low budget zombie film and he's like an art movie like we finished video dead with no issues. And meanwhile, like neon maniacs took almost two years to get done <laughs> because they kept running out of money and his friend left the project. And then like, and then they hired somebody else to do new makeup. And he just said like from start to finish that whole movie, he said was a nightmare, even though like they thought like, Oh, this is going to be fun and cool. Like he said, his friend early on realized they don't have the money to finish this. Yeah. They're not going to be able to finish this film with what they have planned and people were telling the director and the producers like you don't have enough money and they were like no we do we're good we're good and then they ran out and said oh well you know we were kind of ran out of funding so we'll call you guys back when we're ready to start back up again we gotta raise some more money it's like gee if only somebody had let you know i think it's i think it's Um, rather telling that when we released this movie i remember i was at anchor bay when we released this on dvd now back then we could get always at least a commentary for pretty much any horror film we put out or something, you know, some, you know, if you look on the back cover of the neon maniacs DVD, nothing is <laughs> on there. It's the trailer. It's a trailer. <laughs> and it's like, we couldn't get anyone to go on the record for that. Apparently we contacted like everybody and they're all like, Oh uh, no. And it was like, I didn't know. I, well, yeah. damn. And then now, <laughs> now since then the directors passed away. Um, and then yeah. I think a couple other people associated with the movie are gone too. So now there's no way to get a definitive accounting of what the hell happened on this thing. Um, yeah. The writer, the writer actually also wrote pumpkin. Oh, Mark Carducci. Yeah. Mark Patrick uh, Carducci. Yeah. yeah. He's been gone for and a And I would time. love to see the original script for this movie, but no one has a script um, for it. I, we, that's what I mean. Like shit. you can't even, you can't find it. Cause I, I'm like, I just want to know how the fuck what, cause everybody, there are a handful of interviews online for this thing. And everybody has a different ending. Yeah. Like anyone, yeah. If you ask you, how did this movie end? Everyone has a different story for how it was supposed to end. It's like, okay, so were there multiple endings or are they misremembering? Or is this the ending they were told? And there was a different ending written. Like, I want to know what the fucking ending was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, I, that's a great choice, Kevin, because I feel like this could work as a remake. It's one of those ones. That, that is, it, it needs an ending. <laughs> yeah. In the worst way. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know another story for um i first saw that movie on usa up on oh with ronda sheer uh, yeah yeah and when it went over when it went off i actually thought you know they had cut something off for time 
or you know edited for content. So I went and rented it, you know, that Monday. <laughs> nah, it, it still don't have an ending. <laughs> did you take Did you take it back to the store? Going, where's my ending? <laughs> it was sort of uh, like a revenge. Yeah, the and they offered you Revenge of the Dead. And I'm not renting that a third time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess uh, I, I was going to ask. Did you did you go back and rent it again to see if you uh, got the right movie? <laughs> I've done that twice. You know, I, I know. Yeah. I, I remember. Um, what a different right. movie. Which was the other movie? I know, I, I... The day after Halloween. Oh, you know there was two titles. Right, for that that's movie. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, he would... Oh, well, that what was that? That would have been accidental. Though, yeah, right? that like wasn't you your fault. That, yeah, you know, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. That was you renting a retitled movie right. as opposed yeah. to the same I movie Revenge of the Dead. <laughs> I, revent, I, I rented Revenge of the Dead and then watch it, see Revenge of the Dead pop up on screen, and then think they must have given me the wrong movie. I'm going to rent this again. <laughs> Someone from put the, the same wrong video movie on store. the street. And somehow it'll change and then sit and watch the whole movie again and go, I can, damn. I can see you storming into the video store. <laughs> give me the right damn movie. What the hell is this crap? <laughs> Look at the cover. <laughs> yeah. That's not what that was. <laughs> I think I even said it on that show, but that happened to me when I first rented Demons. The, the video store gave me The Demon. Oh, yeah, that's not, not Demons. No. Two very different fucking movies. And I remember sitting there fast forwarding at one point because I'd already seen Demons 2. You, you know, strike me now, I ran out of order. So I knew, like, there's eventually going to be clawed monsters running around this thing. And I'm like, where the fuck are the demons in this movie? And I'm fast forwarding. I'm like, I don't see anything. And I see this guy with a razors on a glove, like a bootleg Freddy Krueger. But, like, you don't see his face, just a black leather glove. And then all of a sudden, the movie's over. And I'm like, what in the actual fuck was that? And then I took it out, and I'm like, oh, this is the demon. And I called them, and I was like, I'm pretty sure you guys gave me the wrong tape. And they kept insisting they didn't. And then eventually, they went and checked behind the demon and went, oh, yeah, this is demons. We gave you the wrong tape. Um, so I went back and, like, had, you know, got demons and watched it. And then got really nervous when they sat down in the movie theater and started watching a fucking slasher movie. I was like, oh, no. not again! <laughs> What a, but, what a um, difference but, a the makes. Huh? Oh, I know, right? Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, but yeah, that's uh, you know, that did happen to me. So I mean, I can understand why Kevin might have thought that, but at oh, least sure. uh, you know, you know, poor Kevin, Revenge of the Dead. That movie still scars you, might know. It scarred uh, a lot of us. I want the movie that's on the cover of that movie. I they haven't made that. that movie yet. I'm still waiting for them. I know. I know. Yeah, Dasha, you got another one? Yeah, I got one last one here. I got, uh, and this one. Uh, I have a kind of a, a personal connection to because it, it was one of my favorite projects I ever got to work on, and um, the Blu-ray of, and it's also a film that was made while I was living like a hundred miles from it. Uh, Maximum Overdrive. I would pick Maximum oh, Overdrive yeah. because I think you could go balls to the wall crazy with that. Do it all practical, no CGI, Fast and the Furious mm. shit. You could have wild and crazy characters or fucking and swearing doing all sorts of gonna make it as politically incorrect as possible but the big issue i always had with that movie was well there's two one it's not really scary it's just kind of funny and it's got some good action but there's no real scares in it i would like to see a little bit more of a horror approach to it a little bit more and number two you have to define the rules of the reanimation in that thing it was way too vague it didn't make sense it was like okay cars and trucks and electric knives and lawnmowers except for the cars that the good guys apparently drive those don't get affected or why does it affect a video game but not this thing it was way too vague it was just like uh, we don't know what caused it but it was just like 
It was anything and everything can get reanimated at any time. And yet they weren't consistent with it. So if you don't understand kind of the rules of what's going on, it was hard to kind of really get invested in it to a certain degree. And you just had to enjoy shit blowing up all the time. So I would, I would remake it and make it so that only gas powered vehicles or are, are okay which would actually be fun because people then have to go search for electric cars or something to that effect, something that would define it a little bit better so that there's some rules to it. Because I find that with movies like that, if you understand the rules, even if the rules are ridiculous, you are able to really get into the movie a lot more. Like Gremlins is a great example. Those rules in and of themselves are fucking stupid. Um, right. It doesn't make any sense. After And you even make fun of that. Well, when's after midnight? Don't feed them after midnight. Well, midnight where? how long do you wait? And, you know, don't get them wet ever. I mean, isn't there water always in the body somewhere, but they say them at the beginning of the movie, this is the three things you don't do. We got it. Maximum overdrive suffered from just being too vague. And it just, it was one of those films where it, even though it's Stephen King, it wasn't particularly a well-written screenplay. Uh, it just kind of meanders a couple times and it doesn't have a particularly great conclusion. It basically is the, the truck gets blown up and yay, we're done. And then the movie's over. Um, but it has a really fun spirit to it. But I think if you took that to the nth degree and really made, just went all, you know, even Joe Hill, uh, who of course is Stephen King's son, he's talked about wanting to see it remade. So I think it'll be interesting to, you know, collaborate with him and say, what's all the crazy batshit stuff you've ever wanted to see in a movie like this. And again, <laughs> try and do as much of it as practical as possible. Because even though I like the Fast and the Furious movies, if you don't really believe what you're watching, you're not going to get really as much into it. I, and, I, and I do love all the practical work that was done in Maximum Overdrive, some of the miniature work and some of the, the live action cars and trucks that they had. And uh, I think it would be a really fun film to do a, a very politically incorrect, non-woke treatment on these days. And just just basically treat, find a director who's like, uh, I don't care if I never work again. I just want to make this fucking movie and just let him go nuts and see what happens with it. But again, you got to define what the rules are. Otherwise, mm. it's, just, it's just like, well, I don't even get really what's... If you can't grasp the overall concept of what's going on, then it's it, it weakens the movie somehow because then it's like, well, what are they fighting at? Well, why isn't this... What about, I mean, you're spending too much time trying to figure out, well, why isn't that car coming back and this one is? Or why is that device working and this one isn't? You know, why, it just doesn't make sense. But um, I would love to see that. I think there's a lot of, as much as I love that movie, there's room for improvement. Yeah, as many times as I've watched that movie, I've never thought about that until you just said it. And I'm sitting here thinking about all the inconsistencies. Yeah. You're right. I've never it doesn't make about any it sense. Now. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. And again, it's just like, well, if everything's possible, then what? You have to do everything, and you can't do everything. So you have to. I would. I would just narrow the focus a little bit, in some way, to make sure that you have a clear understanding of what you can do, and so the characters also know. So the characters understand. Well, if we do this, and we do this, we can beat this because we understand what's happening here. We don't know why it's happening. But it's like right. Night of the Living Dead. It's like, all right, they're the dead are back. We don't know why they're back, but if you shoot them in the head, they're dead. Or if they bite you, you turn yep. into one. The rules are clearly established. You understand what's going on. So that's what Maximum Overdrive needed in its central concept, and it just didn't have it. 
Yeah. It, 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 I'm in the same boat as Kevy. I mean, I think for me, when I saw the movie when I was really young, so I guess my focus was more on the... It was really brutal for me as a kid because a lot of kids die. Oh, kid gets movie. steamrollered. <laughs> um, I, mean, yeah, gets, and, I mean, the steamroller runs over a motherfucker. I mean, it's not... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's I, what I, I liked about I, that movie is it wasn't afraid to do some really nasty shit to people. No, it really wasn't. And I think um, what I always just assumed was the vehicles that were moving were the ones that weren't manned before they came to life. So, like, if somebody was driving the car, it could get other, taken you see over other by whatever this was. Except you see other vehicles starting up. So you, you see other ones starting up and, like, the lawnmower comes to life. No one was using it. You know, there's a whole... No, but I'm saying, like, the ones that... that, that the, that like so like the, the the couple are driving their car right? right and like their car is totally fine i think my mindset my logic was they're driving the car so whatever's possessing these cars can't touch that car yeah, because I it's currently really, being didn't used make, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't i didn't i mean i'm not diving that deep into it but that i think that's just what i put together it was like oh okay so they're driving the car so this car is like because it wasn't off for something before this thing came over and so it's not affected but again, like I never put a ton of thought into it. That was just a passing thought of like, yeah, that's probably why. Um, but no, I would. I think it'd be cool, especially if you remade it and it it, it existed now, and if it affected electronics, especially. Yeah, like, there's any I mean, way. That's... Yeah, you figure out a way to make that yeah. work. I mean, because yeah. the problem with electricity is like, well, it's everywhere. So right. how do you? Because in the movie, there's some weird ones where like, there's kids riding by a house and there's. I think a woman strangled with like a hair dryer or something, and I'm like, okay, right. "How the hell did that? Yeah, she's hanging out I the think, window. How the hell did that happen? I mean, did, did the ha- the hair dryer stand up on its wire and go woohoo and just like, wrap itself around her neck? I mean, it's like, so there was just if you define the scope of this thing in a certain way, I think you could have more oddly enough limitations would make it more fun because it, if the if the characters understand the rules. And they do something right, and then they fuck it up somehow. Or, you know, if you understand what you're up against to some degree, it doesn't matter how ridiculous it is, but you understand that, okay, there's a way for them to get out of this, or there's a way for them to beat it back, or it's like, uh oh, they forgot about this, and here comes, you know. And so that, I, I don't know. And again, have sex and blood and all the crazy shit that they don't let people do in movies anymore. And just, and again, practical effects whenever possible, just enhance with CGI. And just go nuts with it and make it uh, just, again, a movie where it's just like a director's like, I'm making one more movie that I'm blowing my brains out, but I'm going to go and complete it. I'm going to go complete This is going to be it. Yeah, this is it. This is going to end my career or make my career or both at the same time. I don't know. But they're going to they gonna forget this one, you know. Yeah. yeah but you have to keep one scene. Which, which, one's, uh, which is... The possessed coat machine. Yeah, thing. you got to do that. Oh, the vending gosh. machine scene is hilarious. That's that's yeah. And then, Actually, that one kid's what yeah. the hell? And if you look closely, when the a couple of kids get knocked the fuck out by those things, there's yeah. kids lying still lying out there in the field that the steamroller might have gotten to later. But it was just like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's yeah. I just love the fact because I remember the steamroller shows up and you're like, holy shit! And it's like, oh, the kid. Oh god, the kid just got. Oh fuck. It's, well, that kid's not coming back. He's not. Well, what made him wreck his bike anyway? That was never I mean, made. He, he just flipped he just, If you you can tell what happened. If you watch the movie, clearly there's a wire or something attached to that bike because the bike <laughs> is just driving along. He's riding along the field, and then the bike just stops, and he goes ass over tea kettle yeah. over the front for no reason. There was like nothing. Yeah. Like, do, 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 do. 
and then and then the steamroller's like, well, that's convenient. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, the turf yeah. monster got him. It is, yeah, the yeah. turf, the turf just went. <laughs> it was just, but again, nothing in that movie makes any fucking sense at all. And you've got poor Emilio Estevez, the whole movie just wandering around going. I was just in the Breakfast Club. Yeah. <laughs> How the? What am I doing here? <laughs> what, what the fuck is this? <laughs> oh man! But I had a ball going down to Wilmington and checking out all the locations and everything on that movie. And uh, I've told. Uh, did I have I told that story yet about the the film set? Seeing the film set when I was a kid. No. I'll tell it really quick. Um, I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina at the time, and in the summer of 1986. We drove down to, uh, I think it was Atlantic Beach, which is just past Wilmington, North Carolina. We traveled down Highway 74, which is the main drag, but it connects the two cities. And as we're driving down there, this was right after Maximum Overdrive had come out and lasted all of two weeks in the theater. We're driving by, and I'm, I'm on the lookout for it because I know that it was filmed right off a major highway in 74 or in Wilmington. So it's like, this has to be it. So I'm looking, I was like, can I spot? And I think I spot where the Dixie Boy was because it was a big pile of burnt charred wood that was like two stories high off to the one side of this area of the highway. It's like, that had to be the Dixie Boy because this looks like where it was and everything. Well, we drove by it. And after that, for the next 20 plus years or whatever, 25 years, I began to doubt whether I actually, was that really the Dixie Boy? Because they filmed it in 85, and this was like a whole year later. Would that shit still be sitting out there? That could have been just some place that burned down. It could have been anything. Anyway, I go out there to film the locations for the Blu-ray, and I'm out there on the actual property where the Dixie Boy was, because I actually by that point knew where it was. And I'm thinking to myself, God, I wonder. And then I find it, and and also down in Wilmington, you have to be very careful about going on anyone's property and filming anything, because they'll shoot you. There's actually signs saying, don't come on this property. We have a gun. We will use it. So I found the number for the property because there's an office complex on there now. And I called it and I said, do you mind if I shoot some stuff out here for the maximum overdrive? He's like, sure. And he's like, oh, by the way, I bought the trucks that they used in that movie. And then you lent them to the production. So some of those are my trucks. Like, oh, interesting. And I said, oh, by the way. And then I bought the property after the movie was over. It's like, oh. And right before I hung up, I said, by the way, is there any chance that the remains of the Dixie boy were just sitting in a big pile out by the end of the road there like a year later? And he went, Oh yeah, that shit sat out there for like two years. I don't think we got rid of it till after Christmas, the following year. And I went, aha, I did see the motherfucking thing after all these years. <laughs> and then I felt so good about this, like justified until I was on my way back home to Charlotte later that week to visit my mother. And I realized that I had missed a giant opportunity on that trip that I never knew about. Because when you drive from Charlotte to Wilmington, you pass through a little town called Wadesboro. And in the summer of 1986, (laughs) without realizing it, I drove by on the way out and the way back, right by where they were filming Evil Dead 2 in Wadesboro. Mm. Had I known that was being filmed there, I would have jumped from the moving car and told and told my parents, pick me up in a week, fucking bye. And just you never, probably would never have seen my ass again. But I could have literally reached out and slapped Bruce Campbell across the face. That's how close I was without having any idea. And it wasn't until that trip where I realized, oh my god, that was going on right when we drew. Oh my god. So any 
me feeling good about the maximum overdrive verification came with a cost. It's like, oh, but I missed Evil Dead too. Ah, oh, shit. So I was so pissed. But well, you didn't know. No, I didn't know, but now yeah. I know. <laughs> so it's just like, but I would have, I would have jumped from a moving car. So it's like, fuck the beach, bye. <laughs> <laughs> In an alternate timeline, you jumped out of that car and you. I end up in the movie as one of the demons the wall. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was, yeah. you know, when well, that happened, well, I was, what, 13, 14? You couldn't. I was. You could have thrown anything. I could have handled heat, whatever, 14 years old. I was unbreakable back then. So you could have stuffed me yeah. under the floorboards and I'd be puppeteering shit. It's like, whatever. Do your parents know you're here? Fuck them. I was just whatever. Whatever. <laughs> 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 but but you were you were going to the beach where they filmed the mutilator that's right atlantic beach is where they filmed yeah. the mutilator yeah, yeah we went down and See? i didn't know we didn't end up going to atlantic beach so we actually went somewhere else because something got screwed up with the hotel yeah. uh and so we ended up not to myrtle beach but i think there was another beach south of wilmington we ended up going to but if we had gone to atlantic beach yeah we would have been there but i hadn't seen the mutilator yet at that point so i wouldn't have known about that uh, and that wouldn't have meant as much to me as evil dead 2 would have meant. i was gonna say it seems like a small trade-off but a trade-off nonetheless yeah yeah but so anyway sorry for that long diversion but no no no, no it's fine it's fine, 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 fine my maximum yeah. overdrive story i enjoyed it you know we got to learn a little bit about red shirt jr <laughs> um <laughs> the li- the lives of mini red shirt um yeah. god i would have i would have jumped from the moving fucking car absolutely without even thinking about it there was a median with grass i would have been all right <laughs> so, <laughs> just like, Bo- the bone sticking out of his leg it's cool it's, it's cool, cool. I don't I don't it use this in the movie somehow ah! yep. <laughs> yep. we can figure it out we'll make it work um <laughs> yeah all right guys so we're gonna wrap this up here we think we've co- pretty much covered the gauntlet of everything we were looking to discuss this evening and we hope you guys enjoyed our little uh, sort of creative pitch meeting where um, we uh, talked about some remakes we wouldn't mind seeing. Yeah, and if you guys have any of your own, feel free to let us know once this episode posts in the comments when we share the link because uh, Lord knows we'll be doing that. And, um, you know, it'd be great to hear back from you guys too if you had any feedback on this or if you want us to do more stuff like this or less. I mean, if this sucked, let us know. <laughs> now, nah, don't let us know that. I don't. I don't want to hear that shit. I only want to hear good things. My my ego can't stand criticism. He's not wrong. <laughs> you guys got anything to say before we wrap this up? Maybe somebody hear this and take our idea and do something with it. Well, they better pay us. Well, we got it on record. We, All right. I was going to say, that. if anyone out there <laughs> listens to this and goes, "Oh, that sounds like a great idea," we, we want to check. All yeah, right. You owe like, us you money. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, like, come on. Fifteen grand. (laughs) Sore subject, Kevin. All right, guys, so thank you for listening, and we will see you all next month. And as always, keep it spooky. (laughs) 